All right, hello. Welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging and Friends. We uh, we have a new game tonight uh, as we are we are taking a few weeks off from our our Wandering Second Edition game uh, as our dwarf is traveling the world, uh, sort of. Uh, but instead, we're going to be playing some Orbital Blues, uh, and uh, we've got a couple different faces. Some you might be familiar with, some you might not. Sadly, Stephen is here, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, if you're unfamiliar with Orbital Blues, uh, it's from, uh, there it is, eh, Soul Muppet Publishing. Uh, it's uh, it's a space western RPG. We've been playing a lot of westerns on the channel lately, I think, but uh, but this one's a little different as we're, we're in space now. Uh, so it was mentioned, I think Tool to Twitch mentioned in the chat, like Cowboy, Cowboy Bebop, uh, definitely Firefly, et cetera. All, those, all those, uh, those properties are kind of built into this idea. <laughs> Uh, sad space cowboys we've been referring to it as uh, and i think that's sort of the one of the taglines of the actual actual game itself uh it's written by let me get the name sam sleeney and zachary cox and art uh art is awesome uh it's by uh, it's by joshua clark uh, if you get this book uh just to flip through it and look at all the cool artwork alone is uh, is pretty amazing it's got this retro futuristic feel and uh, it's also infinitely readable it's very easy to read uh but it's really great um, we've also played other stuff by them. Uh, so we, I don't know, well over a year ago at this point, maybe, maybe even two years ago at this point, we played best left buried, uh, which has the same basic mechanic, basic resolution system, uh, as, uh, as orbital blues or blues has a few extra little wrinkles here and there, uh, to more kind of thematically, uh, attune it to, uh, the setting. Uh, but, uh, it's been, it's been, it was a fun time. I think I killed, I think when we played best left buried, Actually, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I remember Logan was in the game, and I think our very first combat and our very first combat role, I one-shot his character, just yeah, like that. you did. Did it mean to? It just kind of happened. Uh, I think he went through three characters he did. alone in that game. <laughs> he, did. <laughs> he did. We were figuring out, you know? You know, we were figuring mm -hmm. out. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. I rolled a bunch of sixes that, that game. Uh, that's the cool thing about this game. This game is, uh, is really just, uh, you need probably about four D sixes and you're, you're good to go. Uh, which we have, uh, from our friends at, uh, at Norse Foundry. Uh, and I see Eric's in the chat. So hello, Eric. Um, okay. So, uh, we're not going to do the, the usual introduce everyone this first, uh, this first session is we're going to, we're going to jump in a little bit more, uh, in media res here. And I think over the next couple of weeks, we're going to have four sessions of this in total. Uh, thankfully, Stephen's only going to be here for three of them. But we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to kind of just kind of start, like hit the ground running and go from there. Uh, you can see everyone's names. They're they're kind of basic. Uh, the chef, the the uh, the dreamer, the crook. What are those called again, Melissa? What are those called those little things? The titles? Yeah, Is it just titles. Okay. So all of them have like their own little title. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And you can see uh, Ashley's extraordinarily sad-looking character that everyone's going to feel bad about. Uh, all right. Hopefully, I don't. I don't kill that one like I killed <laughs> last night. We'll see. Coyote bait. <laughs> Coyotes everywhere. I've been dying Coyote. a lot recently. You know. Did I kill you in a different a different game? Oh, that's right. Mothership yeah. wasn't my fault. Steven did that. That's true. That wasn't me. Okay. 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 Come on. Wasn't me. You made me kill her though. I didn't make you kill her. <laughs> the role did. did you... We're learning new things every day. <laughs> all right. So, um, no names to roll time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't get too comfortable. Uh, so, we're going to pick. So, let's start it this way. So, this is, uh, as we already said, it's, it's uh, you know, sad space cowboys, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
And we're going to say that uh, we're not, we don't have to get like too, too granular with, with all the galactic stuff right now, but let's just say this, let's start it this way. You are, you are all, uh, you're all bounty hunters. You work on the same crew. You know, each other for a while now. Uh, and we are starting uh, specifically on a, uh, a, a moon in the outer rim uh, known as Harlan five. It's uh, fairly cold and dusty. Uh, it's uh, it's dry. It's a dry cold. Uh, it's a settlement of about 200,000 or so people kind of spread out here or there. Uh, initially it was, it was settled for, uh, for rare metals, like for like various like circuitry and components and stuff like that. But, and it was like kind of being built up at some point to be a, a much more major corporate hub in the outer rim for, uh, for a tech conglomerate, uh, that has since, uh, since been bought out markets have tanked the geological estimates are overestimated. And now what you have is basically this dusty way stop for ice ring miners in the outer rim. And it's basically just a half step below a lawless frontier town. And we're going to start specifically uh, in a place called Agnesi Market. Uh, there's going to be a bazaar, this hub for, for various uh, prospectors, uh, agriculturists, all those ice ring miners and such. Uh, and so what we see is market day. Uh, there's dozens of all these temporary stalls that are spread out. There's all these more permanent storefronts. You can see they're made out of reclaimed woods and metals. Uh, there's a bunch of basic peddlers and panhandlers that are moving about. It's extraordinarily crowded. Merchants are selling goods and meager grub that may or may not be meat. Uh, there's all sorts of like repurposed machinery and appliances that are, are being sold from counters or just from someone's bag that they're dragging around. Uh, and the marketplace itself is in the hub of, or in the shadow, I should say, uh, it's like a slum, we'll call it, in the shadow of uh, this forever under construction corporate city that it was, that was going to be where this, uh, which going to give Harlan Five its name, but it just never, never got finished. Uh, so what you see in the backdrop are all these kind of skeletons of uh, of unfinished skyscrapers, all kind of looking over this much more meager slum. Um, we're going to zoom in our camera, okay, as we get a little closer, and we can see now that there is some something happening in the market. As people are, you can hear we hear the sounds of people shouting. We see like fruits and things kind of rolling across the ground. We see a crate of what looks like refurbished air filters, like kind of tumbling uh, from a rusted table. We see shoppers who are like hastily collecting their drop purchases. Uh, stall workers are are kind of like you know yelling various uh, various swears at the you know at, at different folks here and there. Knocked out, knocked patrons who have been recently knocked down are like kind of getting up and shouting curses at this runner, this guy who's just just. St- Speeding through the marketplace, and it's a somewhat heavy-set man in an orange plaid bomber jacket. He's got these tinted glasses. He's running like a man who you could probably tell was once an athlete. I'm going to go ahead and drop a picture, by the way, for the the players. Look for Manny Walter Briggs there. Uh, you could definitely tell he was probably once an athlete, uh, but uh, kind of got an aging body that's betraying him. And he's like stiffly, sluggishly moving. His knees aren't quite bending. He's kind of not so much agile, but he's got this dangerous momentum to him and he's just knocking people over left and right. He's frequently looking over his shoulder, uh, kind of looking back to see who's chasing him. He's got this personal communicator up to his ear that he's, he's barking something in. Uh, he's sweating something fierce despite a relatively cold, a cold day. 
and he looks really, really panicked, and he's just running, <sighs> knocking this person down, knocking this person down. This is Walter Briggs. Uh, he is your bounty. Uh, from what you know, from the bounty, he's a thug, he's a thief, uh, and he is wanted for allegedly hijacking and stealing uh, an Isharon corporate shuttle. Uh, and uh, leaving its mid-level executives kind of stranded and maimed and without water on the other side of the moon. And so that's who you're chasing. So this is what's happening. Uh, and I'm kind of curious, and I asked you all, I kind of gave you a little hint ahead of time, like to think about how this might might portray. So as he's running, as he's looking over his shoulder and trying to figure out who's chasing him, who is chasing him? Who would be the person who's like doing the physical chasing? Someone with high savvy? Someone running? Okay. Uh, Elvis is normally, he's, he's a security guy. He's, a, he's himself a crook, but he was the one who spotted him in the crowd. So Elvis is, is, is running behind him with his trank pistol out. Mm -hmm. Imagine, a, you know, a, a, a late 20s looking uh, young man with kind of floppy black hair. Um, and, uh, and he's, he's running, he's like, Walter, Walter, just, just stop, Walter. Turns just, around, just... knocks over a woman who's carrying a big old basket of laundry, just goes flying up into the air and lands over the heads of like four or five people who bump into each other. We all know uh, your heart can't take this, Walter, you big fat bastard. And he, he looks around, he looks around, he like. He, there's a there's what looks like some kind of rickety kind of refurbished wooden stall of some kind of they almost look like typewriters. He just throws them back down and they scatter on the ground. The keys going in different directions and he keeps running. Uh, go ahead and we'll just start this off, Elvis. Uh, let's do a little run. Uh, let's do a savvy test. So there are there are three basic stats in this game. Uh, there's muscle, which is strength and to some degree constitution. Uh, there's savvy, which is like quickness of wit, but also agility, dexterity, that kind of stuff. And then there's grit, which is like determination and confidence. So let's do a savvy test. Uh, and the straight, way this works, up. yeah, it's just straight up. Unless you, if there's something that you have that you, you know, you can always, you know, kind of argue for an upper hand. Uh, but the basic roll mechanic is you roll two d six, you you add your stat, uh, and then you want to hit an eight. And if you uh, if you have something that you think might give you the upper hand, you get an extra die and you drop the lowest. So I say straight up, unless you've got something that you think uh, would would work for. Now Elvis is uh, doesn't have anything on him right now that's going to help. I roll a seven plus my savvy of plus two makes it a nine. So hey, so you is are running. This the this, the typewriter stall goes down. And it just like a few people fall as well, and it looks like you're about to hit this poor old woman whose whose laundry just got thrown over the place. You take one step with your foot, and you land right on a type, right on a typewriter, and then another typewriter, and you're almost like hopping stones. <laughs> bam, bam, bam! Leap over top of her, land down, almost like a hero hero play. Your knee touches in the dirty ground, and you get back up and you start running. Okay, so at this point, Walter, you you see up ahead, Elvis. Walter kind of cuts down. Uh, an alley. He kind of looks back. He sees that he wasn't able to knock you out, and he just cuts down an alley at this point. Um, where would the next person be in, the, in this whole process? Is Elvis continuing to give pursuit? Uh, I'll uh, go ahead and say that uh, Freddy was around the corner, um, and so Freddy is. Uh, so she is the chef. Uh, that was her kind of former business. Uh, so she is um, 
kind of medium build. Uh, she's got short, super red hair. Um, and so what she has in her hand um, is she basically has created like a makeshift like pepper spray. And so she is going to try to kind of like get that into his eyes and uh, interfere with him being able to see where he is running. Okay. Uh, this sounds like uh, so a- as he turns, he's look- he looks back, he sees Elvis. Elvis is Elvis kind of he manages to-, to navigate and he's continuing to pursue. So Walter freaks out, jumps down this alley and Freddy, you step out from behind this uh, this dumpster that just so happened to be set up in the alley. You've got your little pepper spray. He's got this sunglasses. He's got glasses on. He's got these sunglasses on. So we're going to call this uh, against the odds this is whether or not it can get in his eyes okay. as easily. Uh, so what that means is 3d6, and then you drop the highest, and then you add your stat. Difficulty is still 8. All right, so I rolled a 5, a 2, and a 3, and because it's against the odds, I'm dropping the 5, which mm-hmm. leaves me a 2 and a 3, and my 2 for savvy, which is a 7. So you spray it, and you spray it, and it kind of, you could see the eye, like his 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 you know glasses, his, like these these i would call them very 70s looking glasses like they're very big lenses they're very you can see a little bit of his eye beneath them and you can tell his eyes are really really wide the sclera is kind of showing up even through the lenses and you spray but just dumb luck on his part that he happened to wear the sunglasses today on a day that isn't very bright to begin with as some of the some of the spray gets all over the eyes and you can tell he starts to cough as you get right into the nose you know you get he gets it to the nose and his mouth too so he starts coughing uh, uh, and then he just shoulders you with his big old uh rustling body like right back into the dumpster uh so i'm gonna go ahead and roll a little check for him uh okay so i rolled uh i passed uh, i rolled a five and a four plus his muscle so he muscles you in he just kind of he just lowers his shoulder Freddie, you go slamming back into the into the very uh, the very dumpster that you just jumped out of. He runs around you and just you can see with his big old like football sized meaty hands, he just pulls the dumpster back to kind of block the whole thing. That's when Elvis comes around the corner. Elvis, you see Freddie kind of on the ground, the smell of pepper spray in the air, but you can see on the other side of it, the guy's still running. At this point, as you're as, bo- as like maybe you're helping Freddie up, as you guys are looking out and over top of this uh, uh, this this dumpster, you see as as Walter has managed to get through this alleyway and has now just disappeared into this massive like massive crowd uh, that's just kind of moving around. You hear the sounds of people playing music here and there. It's you know it's got like a third line New Orleans feel to it as, as there's musicians on the you know in the courtyard here and there. Uh, we we kind of pan out. With the camera, we see like this big, big man kind of ca- causing this little ruckus here and there from o- overhead. We zoom around. We see a couple of other, these other buildings. One of them kind of stands out above all the others. We see this two-story kind of green-looking uh, uh, building with, with peeled paint. Uh, but there also is this uh, relatively ornate-looking roof, uh, whereas all everything else around here is just covered in this rusted sheet metal. This one actually has proper tiling here and there, and it has this marquee that's flickering on and off, and it says, the Casino Meridian. And then you can see underneath it, there's this this little marquee that explains uh, what, new, uh, what new act is going to be appearing soon. Uh, so I'm going to turn this one over to Nikki, because Nikki, I'm going to guess that this one's... This wasn't you, because on the second the second story of this building, there's a balcony on the outside. People can get drinks and just sort of look out over the over the courtyard where people are playing music down below. What's Nikki doing? What does he look like? 
Yeah, so Nikki is mid to late 30s, uh, starting to go bald a little bit. Uh, somewhat lean guy, always wearing a cheap red polyester suit. Uh, he is currently playing blackjack at the casino. Uh, this whole this whole bounty was orchestrated ahead of time. Nikki was told to be in a certain place at a certain time. And he's looking at his watch and he's seeing all these dings from... Uh, the rest of the crew, uh, like, Nikki, where are you? What's going on? We got this. Are you there? Uh, quickly cashes out, uh, stops by a vending machine, grabs some instant ramen, pulls the tab as he walks onto the balcony, quickly scoops down a little, uh, a bite of noodles, not wanting it to go to waste. He kind of burns himself. And then just at the right moment, he throws the bowl over the balcony onto Walter Briggs running below. Okay. I'm going to give you two options. Savvy, if you just want to do like a dex thing, or you can do an observation check to make sure you're throwing it on the right guy. Uh, we'll go savvy. Okay, so roll your savvy test. As he's running, he's, you hear the sounds of like brass, you know, the trumpets and trombones playing in the distance. People cursing as there's others that are laying on the ground. You see some strange like snare drum persons on the ground there. His like the actual the actual drum itself is ruptured from it falling and his knee going through it. But Walter's still going. His hair is all a mess at this point. His glasses are kind of cockeyed. Uh, you can see that that big old orange plaid bomber jacket is kind of starting to peel back on his shoulder. Uh, and uh, he is he you can hear even from the second floor his <gasps> as he's running. How'd you do? I rolled a six. So you throw this down, and it lands on somebody, but you hear, what the fuck was that? And you look down, and you can see one of the bouncers of Casino Meridian, who's right out in front. Uh, you can see he now has this cup of instant ramen noodles on his head, the little kind of greasy oil water kind of dripping down. He's almost got noodles now for hair, and he looks up, was that you, Nikki? Was that you? And he kind of starts boiling into the into the casino at this point, going after you. With... With a very practiced maneuver, Nikki just blends into the crowd in that balcony. <laughs> Within an instant, he is no longer visible. Okay. Right. <laughs> so the last thing you see of Walter as as you try to blend in, and now you have your you you have this this muscle coming up looking for you, is you see that Walter kind of curves down uh, with this what looks like a, another small side street, and you can see he's still on his phone. He's calling. He's calling. He's calling. And the last thing you see is he is he kind of stands in front of what looks like this kind of crappy four-door sedan and he puts his hands out as it kind of comes screeching to a halt elvis freddie you're you, the two of you are still pursuing but that that moment in the alley kind of slowed you down ever so ever so slightly what about callum or gwen where are they in all of this as the chase continues one's in that car okay so we'll call it a taxi Okay, we'll call it some yeah. sort of like no. There's not a ton of these uh, in 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 Harlan Five or specifically in Agnesi, uh, either the market or the the the, the ruined out skeleton. Uh, but it, there definitely are a few, and it's usually the richer folk. And there's not a ton of richer folk here, but there are some. Uh, there are there's underworld folk with a little bit more money, and it's got this sort of ruined out. Uh, like the the taxi itself has got this faded yellow to it. The light above that's supposed to say on duty doesn't actually come on anymore. But we'll say you're sitting in the back as you've been driving. There's a guy who's sitting up front driving, uh, and you can hear him just comes to a screech, and you just go flying forward, and you look up through the windshield. There's your bounty, Walter Briggs. He's got both his hands on the hood. 
his face, you can see his eye now as his, as his glasses are almost completely off. You can tell one of the stems over the ear has broken and they're just hanging off like this. His hair is wild. Uh, you can tell he's still coughing. His face is beet red like he's been running for miles. What does Gwen do? Gwen kicks open her door and she's like, are, are you okay? Do you need a ride? Uh, he looks. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, roll a roll a savvy test. Uh, let's see if he. Uh, let's so see if I he... actually want to use. Uh, I have the perfect lie where mm-hmm. once per session, I can tell a perfect lie and they believe me. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Uh, one of your gambits. Those games yes. are like like towns and things like that. Okay, uh, what lie do you tell? Um. She tells him that she's heading towards the airport or or spaceport or whatever it is. Uh, do you wanna do you wanna hop in? Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, and you see him, he comes around to the driver's side, pulls the driver driver's side door open, and then yanks the driver out and just throws him down to the ground and hops back inside uh, as he kind of gets behind the wheel and starts driving. You're still in the car though. So like yeah. you're like your your car like you're in the back seat, the door is still open and he just throws the driver on the ground and starts starts yeah. screeching and weaving between traffic. You see people are ah, ah, diving left and right, jumping behind trash cans, up like crates, stalls getting knocked over. Your door is kind of is kind of jingling going wide, but you're in the car with him. Um and where would Callum be in this whole process? Uh, Callum wasn't too far behind. He was just waiting. Uh, see how the others were getting on. Didn't really want to take part. Eating some kind of sandwich that Freddie had made at some point before. Leaning <laughs> against the wall. And he sees he gets in the car. Uh, sees that Gwen's in there. The guy pulls out. He's like, oh, fuck. Gwen gets a quick call. Uh, put your seatbelt on. And Callum shoots out the tyre. Okay, fantastic. So you radio in, Gwen, you hear, put your seatbelt on, you start putting the seatbelt on, you've worked together long enough, you know what might be coming. Uh, Callum, uh, go ahead and, and roll your sa- grill savvy. Uh, I think it's savvy for, for guns. Uh, add your, yeah. yeah, we'll do, um, I'll tell you what, take, uh, because because there's a lot of traffic and he's not able to move particularly fast, I'll give you upper hand on this. So you're, okay. in, so don't worry about roll. you can just, you can roll... Well, not, we won't Room call it combat. We'll just call it a basic. Yeah, we'll just call it a basic yeah. check. Yeah, because like, I've got the devil's right hand anyway. So for using my pistol, I always have upper hand, or it never goes below normal for trick shots. Okay, perfect. Why did that fucking tell me? <laughs> Alright, so four, five, nine, uh, nine plus two, eleven. Okay, what uh, what wheel would it be the front or the back? Would you, would it, does it matter? It'd be the front. Okay, so you take out the front driver's side. All of a sudden, the car just flops down to the front, and it wheezes off and just slams head first into this large concrete building, some kind of warehouse just used for storage. Gwen, you've got your seatbelt on. You were ready. And so it just you feel a pain across your chest, but not to the point where it's going to hurt you. Meanwhile, you watch as Walter, who didn't put his seatbelt on, just flies up, head smacks into the, into the windshield. You see blood starting to come down his face at this point. He goes to stand. He, he's he's still up because he's a bull, and he just push. He, he tries to get the door open, but you see he's just sort of stumbling around, and he's like, ah, "I didn't do it. I, I didn't do it. I didn't do it." Uh, what do you want to do, Gwen? Callum, you're pretty close. Freddie, Elvis, you're probably you're probably catching up at this point. Uh, Nikki, Elvis, 
Elvis will pull out his trank pistol because he doesn't believe in killing people. Sure. And, and he just, he strolls up. He runs up behind Walter, puts one hand on his shoulder. He's like, good God, I told you not to run. And then he just shoots him with the trank pistol. Trank goes in. No roll necessary. This is trivial. He's he's out of it. You shoot the, you shoot the trank pistol in his back. He turns around to you and you can see he's, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. It wasn't. Ugh. And he flies That's okay, down the <laughs> Okay. Elvis turns so, back to Freddy. What was what was with the pepper spray? We I'm, had it I'm right tra- there. I'm, I'm trying different stuff. It's a crowd of bizarre. I can't just, you know, throw knives. There's children around. I don't want to accidentally hit them. Uh, all right, Freddy. Yeah, that's true. A good point. You get a point. Can't always do the same thing all the time. Okay. So you've got this big old bull of a man laying on the ground. Uh, you've got uh, a, a ruined a crappy taxi four-door sedan you've got a crowd beginning to form at this point and you know that this place is again just a half step below lawless you know that this guy is walter guy you're, you're, the, the the rumor on the street is that he's got he's like a low-level enforcer type of some larger groups some uh, the bennett family is said to be the ones that are kind of the the ruling the ruling family of harlan or, or in specifically this city but you see, you've got one of their low-level enforcers on the ground, crowds forming, blood's coming off. You hear the sounds of, like, whistles, which you know are usually the signs of, like, the local law enforcement as best they can be. Um, you know that this is a corporate bounty, too. So the whole idea is that you're, you're delivering this to, like, to, a, to a specific kind of corporate uh, delivery site. So how would we go about getting the body out of here? What's the plan? Well, before too many um, people like start to crowd around, okay. um, Gwen would have quickly ripped off his like major identifying pieces of clothing. So like that gaudy jacket, his glasses, and she gaudy. would have had How something. <laughs> she would have had like something more discreet to like throw on him to like cover okay. him up. All right, so you're gonna try to kind of make make sure it doesn't look. You, you wanted to make sure that it doesn't look like Walter. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Do you have, and and okay. Uh, roll a savvy test. Okay. Do you have anything on you that would work? Like any? Do you have any kind of uh, any items on you that you might want to work or? Um, I think she would have prepared and like had some men's clothing in her purse. Okay. But... All right. Um, no, we'll let that go. I mean, you were in. Maybe it was. Maybe the, there's a bag in the back seat as well, and you just reach back in. You grab. It looks like some kind of yeah, nondescript brown jacket of some kind. Uh, he always wears the, the orange jacket. We knew this was going to be part of yeah, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're like, we stick him around in an orange jacket. Absolutely. Six. I got a seven. Okay. Plus one. So, seven plus one? Or no, no. I, so I failed because I got seven. Okay. I got uh, All six right. plus one. You succeed. You have no trouble whatsoever in getting. So, this is less about you getting the jacket off. You get the, the orange bomber jacket off, no problem. You get, and then you start kind of putting the, the brown brown jacket, you know, that's sort of the nondescript brown jacket. The crowd starts to form. Elvis, Freddie are there. Callum's there. Gwen, you know, Gwen, you're there as well. Nikki will, will come by at some point. Uh, but you you hear a voice from the crowd, Gwen. It's like, hey, is that? Is that Walter Briggs? Oh, man, the, the Bennett's aren't going to be happy about this. You know, just kind of like, and, and you can tell that some people in the crowd have recognized the guy already. Got it, okay. What's next? Hey, guys, you know me. I'm a live and let live kind of guy. We got to get him off the street if we're going to get paid. 
Freddie's going to call Nikki because if Nikki was at the casino, I'm thinking that maybe Nikki has a car. Okay. Uh, would I have a car? I'll tell you what. Uh, let's we'll do like a like a Blades in the Dark flashback. Uh, that's kind of what this whole thing was, right? We're in a score and we're kind of doing the setup, right? So, how would Nikki have procured a car? You don't own one, but how would you have procured one? All right. Um, I'm thinking that we would do a flashback where Nikki is in some sort of futuristic version of a drive-thru. And he would just be waiting there most of the morning until uh, someone... uh, he, He would go to the worst possible restaurant where they always mess up orders. And he would wait till someone goes in to complain about their order... And then he would just uh, slip in as they're in the restaurant and take the car and drive away. Okay. I'll tell you what. Um, roll an observation check. I'll give you upper hand as you're you're there waiting and you're kind of there for, for multiple hours. So it's not necessarily happening in an instant. Observation check doesn't use a stat. It's just flat 2d6. But you can roll uh, But you can roll it with upper hand. So the roll three, drop the lowest. Target's still in eight. Uh, that's an 11. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Wow. So you see as somebody somebody comes comes out, you know, they have, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the bad noodle place. So this is like doodles and noodles. And someone comes out and they start eating. They're like, oh, oh what the, oh, oh. And you see they hold up what looks like some kind of strange, like looking insect, like a, like a, like a large, weird space cockroach or something. They just start pulling out like, oh, oh, I didn't know all of this. What the hell? And he guys comes back inside. You hear as the door is kind of closing on the noodle shop, like, you owe me so much for this. And uh, you take this opportunity to break into the guy's, to break into the guy's car. Are you, uh, do you have any, do you have any experience like hot wiring cars or anything like that? Can we say that Elvis is there with Nikki? Oh, hell yeah. He is a security expert. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and so Nikki's Nikki's doing this in this flashback. Nikki is like he's the lookout. Elvis, you you know you kind of get the signal from Nikki to go for the car. I think you have a gambit that lets yeah. you have like upper hand on like locks and traps yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, go yeah. ahead and roll. He's, he's savvy. He's light fingered, so he gets his upper hand on on anything when it comes to security or locks or picking locks. So absolutely, Nikki oh, yeah. is on the corner of this building, uh, and he's eating noodles as well. But the logo on the bowl is actually from the competitors. So, you know, like if this is the Burger King, he'd be eating the McDonald's noodles. Fantastic. Okay. So with my my very nice Norse Foundry Blades in the Dark dice. Nice. I got a 12 in total. 10 on the die plus 2. Fantastic. So... uh, no issues. This doesn't even have electrical law. This is like an easy thing. You have like a, a, a stretched out, <laughs> stretched out. We know people of a certain age. We know how this works. A stretched out uh, clothes hanger and just weave it down the middle and then pop it back up and you're good to go. The open um, is like, Nikki, it's all yours. Have a nice day. <laughs> so Nikki, you just still eating, still eating, sit in while you're eating. And you drive the car off. The car disappears Throw the bowl from in the sight. Back seat. Yeah, the car disappears from sight and we just hear... Oh, where the fuck's my car? What the fuck is this? <laughs> and then that same car, Nikki. Just, what does the car look like, by the way? Uh, it would be a ugly, like navy blue sedan. Okay. Like it, it looks like it's you know thirty years old and should be like totaled anytime now. 
Okay. Uh, and you, as you guys are, as, as Gwen is, is fixing the, the car, is, is fixing the, the jacket, as Elvis is trying to get, like, Nikki on, on, the, on the phone or on the, on the communicator, not responding, all of a sudden we hear, like, a honk. <laughs> but it's like, it's like... <laughs> and suddenly that, that gross-looking Navy sedan pulls in. It's got what looks like a very faded, like, old fart on board uh, decal on the back. And the door opens up, and there's Nikki still eating noodles somehow for some reason. <laughs> yeah, and it's a it's a third company too. He he found time to stop at a drive through on the so way. So many to noodle companies. This one is oodles of noodles. Oodles, oodles of, noodles, of noodles, doodles of noodles. Okay. Door Nick opens noodles up. Noodles was in the chat. Everyone crowds in. Helping the driver to get thrown out. By the way. Okay, you go over. You kind of help him up, and he's yeah, he's help got. Him a up little... and I give him the rest of my sandwich. He's like, what? what? Thanks. Ah, you'll be fine on you go, mate. <laughs> he starts turning around, walking around, really confused. Like, I lost my taxi, but I got a sandwich. Did I win that trade? And then we cut to Cal, last person into the car. We see Elvis, Nikki, whoever, Freddie, kind of pushing, pushing Walter. And does Walter go in the trunk, or does he go into the into the the back seat or something? Uh, do we try and keep it kind of normal looking, and we shove him in the like middle of the back, and yeah, then smushed so. between yeah. us? Okay. If he's tranked, it should be fine. All right. So you switch in the back. And it's the tightest thing ever, all of you in here. And this this big old man, he's like six foot five. He's like an offensive lineman for uh, you know an NFL team. And you drive off. Where are we headed? That noodle stain was there when I got the car. Sorry, guys. Someone sits down. You can feel it's wet underneath your underneath your seat. Um, Elvis, is, uh, Elvis is going to reach into... Uh... Uh, into Walter's jacket and try to pull out his phone and see if he can hack into it uh, and and hack into his bank accounts through his phone. See if he's okay. stupid enough to leave uh, financial <laughs> breadcrumbs. Yeah, sure. You pull out. You pull out. He's got this little communicator. You pull it out and uh, you, you take a look. It's got you know. He's recently been communicating with some someone. You can tell, but doesn't look to have a live line on it. Uh, okay, so you start messing around, seeing if you can get it to, to sort of reveal some info. Go ahead and roll a go ahead and roll a savvy. Ooh, that's only a five. That's a seven in total. I'm gonna spend a point of heart and re-roll okay. one of those dice. So is exerting yourself? You're, you're spending exertion. Yeah, I'm gonna like exert myself. Health, basically, I'm like, I don't. This guy, he made me run. I want. <laughs> Okay, that's better. So that's eight on the die, plus uh, ten in total. Okay, ten in total. So you open it up, and uh, you start kind of going through, seeking if you can find any kind of information. You find his his most recent contacts. It looks like he's been he. You can see that there's a, a contact EB, um, and you can see that there's another contact CB. But the CB doesn't seem to be answering whatsoever. At some point, EB did answer, and like there's like that that duration of of call. Uh, and then as you get into like his like some of some of his other apps or something like that, you can you can tell he doesn't really have a very uh, very uh, exorbitant bank account. Uh, but what he does have, you can tell he's he's got a couple couple hundred credits or so in account. Nothing particularly impressive. But you go ahead and you just empty it just fine. Absolutely. Uh, and so you quickly shift it over to to Elvis's uh, Elvis one of Elvis's stash accounts. And you got yourself a couple extra credits there. Uh, who's oh. driving? You said CB and EB. Do we mm-hmm. know? Because uh, presumably that's the Bartlett's. Do we know their first names? So you would probably, uh, yeah, you or know the Bennett's. Bennett's. Sorry. 
Um, I'll tell you what, Gwen. Uh, let's see. You guys are you guys come here decently. Um, this is it means Casino Meridian is is one of Nikki's major hang, hangouts. So you're probably in this in, in Harlan a lot. Uh, I would say right, you so would we're not know. Yet. What's that? We've not been banned yet, then. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. It's like I said, half a step below lawless. It's, it's a <laughs> lot to get banned. Uh, I, I would say I'll just give it to you for free. Then uh, you know that there is the leader of like the Bennett crime family is a woman by the name of Cass Cass Bennett, and you know that her kind of second in command is her son Edgar Bennett, and likely these these calls are going to going to the two of them. And to answer your previous question, uh, Nikki would still be driving. Okay, Nikki's still driving. Where are you driving us, Nikki? Uh, do we have any like local hangouts? Uh, any good noodle places that we we always uh, recoup, <laughs> regroup at? We're we gonna introduce a, a forest noodle place. Uh, <laughs> We're going you guys to tell public? me. That's for you all to tell me. You guys tell me where, where other than Casino Meridian, which is kind of you would have to go back yeah, into the yeah. major crowd. But like, is there somewhere a little bit is, quieter that the five there- you would? Is there a corporate office where we can drop this guy off before we go to get noodles? Not on planet, uh, okay. but but you do know this is one of several moons around a very large planet, and one of the other moons is where you would actually have to deliver him. Can well, we then I think we just start going back to the spaceport then, and back to our ship. Okay. That sound good? All right. So that you, works. Can can Freddie be the uh, super annoying person sitting in the front seat that's constantly because she's got upper hand and observation checks, and so okay. she's like, "Look out for that! Watch out for that! Turn right here! I think the traffic's faster here." You have the <laughs> invisible brake on your side swerve. of the car. Okay, so you're swerving and left and right. That, while she's doing that, Callum would be saying, "Needed more pepper." <laughs> there is a vague smell of pepper and sweat in the in the in the car right now. It's, it's very very tight in here. And noodles, uh, strangely yeah, enough. Noodles. Okay, the drive the drive to the uh, to the to the spaceport is where where you've got your your ship parked. Uh, not not too difficult whatsoever. Uh, however, you pull up. Uh, do you, how, how close would you get? Would you want to get? Would you just want to try? Uh, to I would not want to take a stolen car right into the spaceport. So I okay. think we'd stop like a block away or something and okay. try to figure out a way to get him, even though he's trained. Okay. So you uh, you, you you find a spot. Um, Freddie, go ahead and roll that observation check. Uh, you can have, since you're like your eagle-eyed, you can go ahead and take an upper hand looking for a, a, an alleyway that's perhaps a good place to sort of ditch this car, something like that. Uh-huh. Well, it's all in the details, but when you roll that low, uh, total of a seven. Okay, you spot out a, a place that uh, that you think is is away from prying eyes. Nikki, you turn, drive it in behind. It looks like a, a stack of this a stack of just refuse garbage just thrown out. Looks like there's mixtures of of, of just machinery. Some you like behind. Before you go farther, actually, since this is probably important, can I spend a heart? Sure. To exert yourself. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so that means they get to re-roll one of them. Uh, as many heart as you want to spend. So if you want to spend two heart, you can... I think it's two heart. You could, I think it's <laughs> one to one. Yeah. I'll spend one. See how it goes. Okay. That's better. I got it. Okay. Ten. All right. And you you find a place, again, that you think is out of prying eyes. It's the same place, in fact. Uh, and you, you kind of pull behind, you weave it in, and you realize it kind of opens up into this sort of makeshift dumpster area it doesn't look like it's it's got gated or anything it doesn't look like official place it just looks like this seems to be where people dump their stuff 
uh, and you uh, you dump the car. You pull out you pull out Walter, who's I didn't do it, and he's just kind of mumbling to himself. But he can't even he, he, his eyes aren't open at this point. Somehow his glasses are still hanging from the one trick. <laughs> it's amazing, but he's just still. I didn't do it. It was it was Eddie. It was Eddie. It was Eddie. And how do you want to go about trying to get him? through what you know is spaceport security into your ship. I think well, a trench coat. What are we thinking? Are I we, think we, we drop him, we drop him into a security crate and I hack the security crate so that it registers as empty and, and we just wheel him onto the ship. I'm going to switch the, the music a little bit as things are slowing down. Alan would sit on the crate, just eat an apple or something while you're all <laughs> kicking his legs. Okay, so Elvis, you head out to get like a, you're getting a security crate on it, or maybe you just you just try to rummage one up from the dumpster yeah. area, right? Take a few minutes, rummage one up, find something that's big enough to to fit old Walter. You lift it up and just. Drop him inside. Uh, it takes probably three of you to do this, as he is a big fella. And he, when he lands, he's landing in an extraordinarily awkward position. His legs are kind of sticking out in different ways, like he's a McDonald's French fry container. And you got to push Where it down. The lid is closed. He's still he's still uh, conscious, right? Uh, he's talking, but his eyes aren't open. He, he's been tranked. He, he's, you're pretty sure he's got a concussion uh, from Gwen would be able to put. That, I just want to give out. a shot and yeah. just. Just try to ask him and just see if he'll kind of blurt something else while he's kind of not all there. Um, so uh, what did he do? What did, uh, you said Edgar, right? Yeah. yeah. What did Edgar do? He's, he cut the, he cut those zigzags off. He cut them up the was in me. I don't like hurting people unless they deserve it. And that's, that's, that's it. And he just kind of cycles through that over and over again. All While right. Freddie's talking to him, Nikki is just awkwardly crossing his legs, trying to fit yeah. him in the box. <laughs> just pushing it down. Back up, down, back up. He's going to have some I, major knee problems. His knees just won't bend. It's crazy. <laughs> Alan fixes his glasses for him while he's getting put in as well. Okay. Just make sure they're on straight. So, uh, so you, <laughs> that's so very kind of you, Calvin. You put that over top. As he's fixing the glasses, Gwen is like duct taping his hands together. Mm hmm. <laughs> Okay, so you've got him. You get him in, Freddie. You got a little bit bit of info. You start wheeling him. You go through the spaceport security, which you can tell there's lines. Uh, if you have cargo, you're kind of got to go through and kind of get scanned and everything. So you you come up, wait your turn in line. You're looking around here and there. A couple folks kind of look at you and give you a strange look, strange glance. You're not sure if it's just you know just the normal kind of mean mugging or kind of assessment uh, of, of potential targets that you might get at a place like this. You hear the vague sounds of kind of someone playing like a saxophone in the corner. They got this open case. People go by, kind of throw in various various bits here and there. Nikki, you look down. There is a, there's a noodle container in there, unopened, that someone put in instead of a coin. And you come up to your turn. Are you all going up together, or are you splitting up into a separate group, or... How are, how are you going to, how, how are you going group. up this? Okay. Probably two or three groups. Uh, okay. Who is, who is taking, who is, who is, who is taking the wheeled crate that has 
that has Walters. I think, I think Elvis would be going with the crate. Okay. He's t- he's turning back to Nikki. He's like, Nikki, see, this, we're going to be fine. It's, listen, there was a buddy of mine, old slippery Jake Harrison, best grifter you've ever seen. Fantastic fella. Met him. Met him when I was doing a short stint in Port Hobart Remand Center. You know, off core worlds. But he taught me this amazing trick, and you are going to love this. It's how you spoof the scanners that these guys are going to use. So what I'm going to do is I hack the scanner, not to give it a false negative or a false positive. I put it into a diagnostic mode, so it's going to come back and read nothing. They're going to let us walk right through. He's a he's a great smuggler, old, old Harris. Now, he had a bad run of luck. He actually killed somebody at one point, so he's doing a bit longer stint. But this trick... This is dynamite. You're going to love this, Nikki. And if it goes bad, Nikki, if it goes bad, and this is the thing you need to remember, run as fast as you can. Oh, I can do that. Now, okay. getting it in diagnostic mode, what do you do? Do you just you hit the power button like three times or what do you do? No, 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 no. I'm not even going to touch the thing. I'm going to hack it from my own system because it's a it's 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 on a network in here. So it's feeding information back to the main terminal. I'm going to hack in on a carrier wave. I'm going to put it into a diagnostic. It's going to read neutral. We're going to walk through. Then it's going to ping out a diagnostic in about an hour. And they're going to figure out, hey, something was going on, but they're not going to know it was us. Elvis, we're going to have a conversation later because a lot of those corporate casinos, they've got the tables that read the cards as they're sliding across. And I think we might be able to work something here. You know, Nikki, I've never hit a casino. I'm not saying that I'm a criminal, but I've never hit a casino. And I like the way you're thinking. First time for everything. Sounds like a challenge. Okay. Uh, I think if Elvis is taking the box, Nikki would probably uh, pair off with Gwen then. So like we're going through together. All right. So Nikki and Gwen, you make it through. And if you're by yourselves, they just do like a quick, you you kind of show your papers or whatever, your ID cards. They don't look too closely. They don't care too much. They kind of let you through. They only seem to be paying attention to cargo and stuff like that. But usually people, they just take a look. They look at you, do a quick scan. You don't even tell if they're they're not even really looking. It's just one of those like wands. And then they let you go. Uh, Guns are allowed, certain kinds, small guns. Uh, So it looks like they're basically just looking for any kind of military grade stuff or explosives that might be uh, kind of be coming and going. Uh, So Elvis is going to be trying to... Uh, he, so is anyone going with Elvis? Is anyone pushing the crate while Elvis is trying to, to make this play? I was sitting on it. Callum's sitting on it. Freddie, are you pushing it then? Sure, yeah. Okay, so, so Freddie, Freddie's <laughs> pushing it. Freddy. Callum's sitting on top. Security <laughs> guy comes up. He gets the wand ready. Elvis, you get your, you get your, your kind of clunky looking... Everything's kind of retro tech, so it's got that. Mm-hmm. Everything's a little bulkier, a little clunkier than everything else. But you get it out. The guy's like, uh, "Sir, I need you to get off the the crate, please. I gotta do a scan here. Can you get off?" I alright now. I jump okay. down, hand him right. my apple. I, I don't need this. Cheers. Ah, me neither. Thanks. And turn around. <laughs> what the, oh, jeez. Okay. And then you can see he, he takes the wand out. He's got his little display thing, and he's just starting to scan. Elvis, roll your savvy test here to see if you're able to make this work. 
And so mechanically, what I was doing by going through that was I was explaining a skill that I learned while I was in the big house, which uh, is a trigger that gives him a point of blues. Exactly. Ooh. And blues, like you can stack them up. You get to, I think it's eight blues, and then you get mm-hmm. like an advance yeah. once per arc. So everybody else should be looking at that kind of stuff too, because that's how you get It's like kind of player triggered. Yep. So okay. I got an eight on the die for a 10 in total. 10 in total. Okay. Uh, so he's like, he kind of goes through. He's like, take a look. All right, go ahead. He's like, kind of shaking it. He's kind of shaking the wand a little bit. He's like, yeah, you're fine. Go ahead. Go. Uh, thank you, Dad. Safe travels or something. And hey, hey, uh, I don't want this. And he kind of hands the apple to Elvis. Like, it's, it's, it's got a big bite in it. What the hell is your friend doing? And Elvis runs it to the other side, takes a bite himself. He's like, this is all thanks to, to Slippery Jake Harrison. You have a nice day. Walks on through. There's a lot of like, as you guys leave the scene, there's a lot of NPCs that just turn to be like, wait, what the hell did he just say? What, what the hell just happened? A lot of, lot of confusion. But you weave, you get, you get past the security, don't know problem. Nikki, you and Gwen, you find the, you find the ship first. There's a, you know, a handful of like these small kind of vendors here and there. A lot of them are, are, are like, you know, fast food or like last minute resources, things like that, that you might need. Spaceport itself, you can see there's a, it's got a decent crowd in and of itself. Uh, there's a kind of a dive bar or two, uh, kind of around here or there, shoe shining machines. You can see that there's like these automated, like kind of robotic things that are shifting and moving and trying to shine people's shoes. And it's just not working all that well. But eventually you find, uh, you know, your your landing your landing section is a huge place kind of get on a couple of those uh, walkway and those automated walkways and kind of takes you there uh, but eventually you, you make it to your ship a few minutes later you can see the crate shows up everyone's there so tell me about your ship Good yeah, what's, question. What's the name of it? What did you all settle on? There was a very complex voting the... system that was happening. There <laughs> was. Uh, we settled on the Belafonte. Okay, Belafonte. I love it. That's great. That was probably my first choice of your your list. Which, if I remember correctly, was an old ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think we went with Aaron's ship roll. Yeah, my ship roll was a... Uh, wait a second, I'll pull it up right now... It was, yeah, it was a uh, pitifully patched up, falling apart ship oh, perfect. with a uh, Gatling gun weapon, and it had uh, an android crew bound to the ship. No, no, sorry. Onboard AI, callous. Okay. Not resourceful. That was a <laughs> Callous. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> All right. So, Nikki, Gwen, you're there first. You go ahead, you punch in security code to kind of get it to open up. You hear the AI voice come come in once you punch the code in, and it's just like, "Oh joy, you have returned." And the door <laughs> opens up. The stale smell. Of the, of the of the ship that kind of wafts into your our face. ship smells like noodles and like smell, okay. strictly because of Nikki and how much he eats noodles, the smell has permeated everything. 
Two two Freddy's disgust, by the way, that like yeah. the amount of like time that is spent just eating all of these noodles is just the girls are like, have you ever eaten a vegetable? Do you <laughs> have you had carrots before? Elvis is he's like, now Gwen, don't don't put me in that market. You know, I, I'm I'm a firm believer in staying physically fit. I, I'm gonna enjoy my spinach salad with a little bit of cut up peaches and uh we're gonna win. I'm not gonna eat that rehydrated Nikki shit. I, I mean, I, I saw I was sitting in the back seat of the car, and that's that's about as good as it's useful for. Just you know, the instant ramen has the dehydrated carrots, the dehydrated peas. I, I eat tons of vegetables. I don't see what like, the problem is. It has like half a baby carrot in there. If if that back on and, the estate, we had a garden that was right next to where where my kitchen and everything was just it was fresh. You make me sad. Freddie, I can't wait. I can't wait till we get someplace where you can really fire up the whole kitchen and give us a gourmet meal. Yeah, that just so you know, a microwave is not a uh, cooking utensil. Like you use it like it, but this 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 is not a this is not a kitchen. So what are we doing with this guy? How far of a how far are we going with him? Just a couple moons away, I think. Not too far, yep. right? No, it's not far at all. Yeah, quick jump. We'll uh, we'll head on over and uh, pick up a bounty. Okay, Freddy gets so I'll make some noodles. <laughs> Freddie gets a blues because you guys <laughs> walked her right into a complaint about her former life. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, great. Uh, what is that complaint? You want to just what was it that uh, you were complaining about? Uh, basically that I used to be able to like have a, a basically a farm right outside that had everything fresh mm. and okay. gotcha. now eating all of this nonsense, uh, microwaved food. Okay. Uh, so I want to do a, a couple things here. So let's, uh, let's sort of flesh the ship out. So as you all come on board, kind of go in these different places, everyone kind of pick a, pick an area and just describe, just tell me what this area looks like. Give me a, a interesting detail or two to help flesh it out. So, so let's start with where are we keeping Walter? So what we've got is is we've got an extra uh, stateroom that we've partitioned off into four very, very, very small coffin-like cells. Um, and you can only stand up in them. But that's okay because normally we like to knock these people out during transport because, you know, it's it's easier that way. They got floor drains that go right down. So, I mean, if he pees his pants, we don't, we don't really care. But so we wedge him in tight. And we lock down the door, and then I open the little window in front of Walter. I go, Walter, just stay very quiet, and uh, very soon we're going to hand you over to some people who are going to do some very terrible things to you, but you should have no. been a better boy. You should have been a better uh, boy. It wasn't past. me, though. I was just following orders. No, I could I, I could give you a bigger fish. I could give you a bigger fish. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Callum likes fish, so perhaps I'll send him by and you can talk to him about it. If it's fresh, I. If it's no, get yourself the fuck. It's no, it's not. It's not a real fish. I mean, I can give you like you know a bigger bounty. I mean, oh, what, I can, uh, Walter? We do love money. I mean, so what do you got there for yeah, us? Yeah, let's hear it. I can tell you. I can tell you where to find Eddie, Edgar. Everyone wants Edgar. I mean, he's got bounties galore. So many of them. I could. I. I know where he hides out. Well, where where don't is that? Don't kill an adequate man. 
You've got enough bounties on yourself. It's all right. I'm a small fry. It ain't that much. I mean, that, that money ain't going to get you. Uh, ain't going to get you even Don't doing look that. down on yourself like that, and I'm sure you're doing brilliant. Your well, bounties I mean, will he, is, worry, he is a small uh, fry. If there's a big jackpot on the table, we should we should go for it. I mean, I'm physically large, but like my mother always said, I wasn't going to amount to much. And if you look at the bounty, she was right. You know, Walter, you got a good point. So if if you can get us next to Ega and we put him in this cell next to you, we would probably open your cell door and let you walk out. You square? Well, but carry you out because your legs will be a bit, you know. Yeah, you might have to crawl yeah, right now. I don't yeah. know what's it's going it. on. Everything's numb from like the waist up, but my legs are just, God, they hurt so bad. What'd y'all do to me? Oh, we were kind of trying to bend you into a box, and, and the numb stuff is from the tranquilizer. But very soon, standing up in this here bo- this this coffin cell, you're going to get your, your feet are really going to start to hurt too. But so if you if you put us in front of next to Edgar really fast, you get out of here even faster. You got my I word. Would, I'm honest. I mean, I, I would definitely honest, be right? on the net uh, in the background uh, looking up Edgar, seeing how much of a bounty there actually is on him. Okay, so in terms of like relative to to Walter, it's ten times as much. Then we're doing it. Let's do it. Yeah, and Edgar Edgar, you can tell, has a very violent personality. Uh like he, uh, oh. he as, as you're going through the details, no no role necessary, you're just kind of going through what's what's basically available. Very violent man. Uh you get a picture of him, I'll go ahead and share a little pic of him, and he's so Cass Bennett had two sons, and he's the one that still lives. You want to take a look there? Very slender-looking guy, pale. You can tell he kind of he he has he likes to wear what looks like some kind of like creepy-looking eye shadow under his eyes to make him kind of look sunken and gaunt. Uh, and he's got this almost like a pompadour type type uh, like curl to his hair. And you can see he's, he always dresses in, in very fine tweed suits. And he kind of walks around. He considers himself kind of like a gentleman. He's got a cane. It's like this is fancy cane that he carries around with him as well. And he's always kind of accompanied by a handful of his goons, you know, a handful of, uh, you know, his, his Bennett mobsters. And he he's suspected, like the rumor around Harlan Five uh, is that he is he is the he is the one who does the sick stuff for the family. Every everything everyone says about Cass Bennett is that she's cutthroat and she's terrible. Uh, in a, but usually economically speaking, and and the one who does all the dirty work for her tends to be Edgar. Now, Edgar is kind of in line to take over the throne, so to speak, which is kind of scary to some. Uh, but everything you've heard that he he has hurt many people, um, and there are missing folks. There's murders. There's kind of people who've been found out in the waste, kind of cut up and such here and there on the other side of the moon a lot of people assume it's edgar uh and and as you're reading it nikki it kind of you're kind of piecing it together walter's not a good guy but he also seems like he's kind of set up to be the fall guy for this particular behavior because most of the time the people that they're finding the victims aren't kind of well connected corporate execs like these victims were this time it's just random folk that no one cares about so this edgar's a real twisted guy go ahead Uh, yeah, would, would you say Sorry. Uh We can learn anything about them, so being from a different crime family. 
Uh, yeah, that's right. The McGregor's. Uh, I'll tell you what. Roll savvy test. See. Not saying you can actually have upper me. hand because Freddy is also from there too. So if the two of you put your heads together, if you want to take an upper hand on that, roll an extra die and see if that helps. Then it would be seven plus two would be, I don't know, nine. There we go. Nine. Thank you for that nine upper hand because otherwise we would have been. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as Nikki is kind of reading out uh, the details on the, one of the consoles on the ship, uh, Cal and Freddie, you're nearby. You're hearing the, vo- you know, you're hearing the name, the Bennett's definitely a name that you're familiar with. McGregor's they run, they kind of run a different moon somewhere else. One of these, uh, one of these other outer rim. They're not on the same, they're not here on Harlan five, but you, you would probably have heard, um, most likely the Bennett's and McGregor's have done some work here and there. There is out in space. There's certain kind of, um, there's shipping lanes, so to speak, uh, well-traveled paths between some of the major ports, and, and there is a bit of a racket and a shakedown, and you know that there's a kind of a grouping of certain families that are all kind of taking a cut from it, uh, and the McGregors and the Bennets are both taking a cut from it. So there's definitely continued relationship between the two. Uh, you would also know uh, that Cass had... like. Like the, the the favored son, Cooper, was killed. Uh, no information how. It's kind of a, a mystery, right? Uh, but that the uh, the the widow, uh, a woman by the name of Betty Dubois, kind of is still in the family, and kind of butts heads apparently with Cass. Is is what the what the rumor is. But lives. So. But lives. Yeah. Must have something there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Nikki, I'm going to come back to you for a second because you were looking something up. Where were you looking this up on the ship? Yeah, so uh, in the like common area, there would be a real just beat-up couch that kind of fits the curve of like a, a t- between two different levels of grading. And mm-hmm. uh, I first would have... I, I would have gone into our kitchen, which would be like just the worst corporate break room you can imagine. It's just like a corner unit with a microwave and that's it. Uh, <laughs> we, we probably have a sink, but it doesn't have running water. Uh, and I open up a cabinet. Uh, it probably has like Nikki's name labeled on it. And it's just all instant noodles. And I grab two of them. I pop one in- into the microwave and I take the other one dry. I go sit on this horrible couch, uh, still reading this tablet or whatever. I open up the instant noodles uh, and just grab one of the chunks dry and I hold it down below next to the cushion and out of the cushion, uh, there's a hole in the cushion that uh, a little squirrel just runs and uh, starts eating the the noodles next to me. And uh, I I just give her a few scritches uh, behind the head absentmindedly as she enjoys her noodles. Okay. And everyone would probably be aware of the squirrel, I would imagine, right? It's probably a, yes, not a, yes. a secret. Okay. My pet so, Fortuna. So Freddy uh, Callum. Callum's arch nemesis. <laughs> so Freddy <laughs> Callum, you're talking in front of Nikki as this is happening. You kind of have a conversation, try to piece together the two of you. Like, oh, I remember this. I remember that. And like you kind of kind of sketch together some basic understanding of like the, the Bennett family, at least the hierarchy that's, that, that's currently in place. Uh 
Gwen, what are you doing throughout all of this? So Elvis Callum, they put the they put Walter in in your in your brig, basically. Callum, you and you came came out and talked with Freddie and Nikki a bit. What have you been doing, Gwen? Um, Gwen's probably been uh, in her own room and she's on her tablet and she's checking the news of the planet or the moon where we were just at to see how much of the crime that we just committed is being reported and she's just kind of keeping tabs tabs on that everything's being reported there's there's video of it ever like it's it's the main the main like this sort of main marketplace tons of different security cameras all over the place too many to kind of account for uh there most of the footage though is kind of grainy and like no there's not one that kind of picks any one particular person out uh in terms of like Obvious clothing, probably Nikki's the only one who's got that consistent red leisure suit, but which mm-hmm. pops out to you here and there. It looks like there was a, a camera down, like you know, d- down near where the the final car accident kind of happened, where where all the crowd started forming. But strangely enough, there's a big enough crowd that you guys kind of got obscured a little bit before the uh, before the car pulled up. There never was quite an angle to kind of pick up on the tag, and besides which, vehicles here. No one really kind of keeps up with their licensing too much, mm-hmm. so there there's a decent amount of uh, of your activity. It's just a question of is there enough to to piece it together to track it back yeah. to you all. You don't hear anything from the spaceport or anything like that, though. One thing she does notice is she's scrubbing through one of the videos of like the crowd. Uh, she thinks she notices her ex husband amongst the crowd, and. Seeing Wesley or what she thinks is Wesley immediately puts Gwen into a panic. You guys have witnessed this before where she runs out and she's comes out of her room and she's like, we need to leave. We need to leave right now. Please, please. Can we, can we leave? Can, uh, can we, can we leave just right now, please? Gwen, the for you, anything. And, and Elvis is like, I'd like gets in, gets in the cockpit, fires, uh, fires the engines up. He's like, Belafonte, you crabby bastard. We're, we're taking off here in a few minutes. So you call out to sort of spaceport authority, try to get clearance. You're given clearance, but there's like it, like an, like an airport, like there's a line, and mm-hmm. you're, in terms of like just to make sure there's no midair collisions over top of the spaceport, and it's a fairly large backup. So you're kind of stewing around for like a good 45 minutes to an hour, and they're like, this one's going. And then, oh, oh we're, we're pushing you back again, Belafonte. Sorry, we've got priority incoming here. We're just going to have to push you back another 15 minutes. Just stay, uh, just stay patient. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Over. And uh, I would say Elvis, touch suspicious maybe. Hey, uh, spaceport there, my good friends. Uh we got perishables on board, so uh, I'm going to pull up. I'll stay out of the space lanes. You guys will be good to go. You're golden. Let's go. Let's uh, get out of here. Uh, negative, uh, negative, Belafonte. Oh, no, no. <laughs> he fires the retros and we're... Okay. <laughs> you take off. Uh, all right. Let's do, a, let's do a savvy test for piloting out of here, especially... And I'm going to say against the odds, as you're doing so without permission, There's there are actually ships that are moving around. Uh, so let's see if you get up without any, any issues. Not to mention there are... Um, Security in place for for hot dogs like this. That seems fair. Seems fair. That seems fair. Okay, a three, a five, and a four. So we dropped a five, a three, and a four, a seven, two, nine in total. Okay. 
you take off, you you see out the forward, kind of the forward view area, and uh, up on the up on the bridge in the cockpit, you see a shuttle come down, and you are within fifteen feet of clipping this thing, which for you know spaceships is 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 fairly close, uh, really close in fact. But you're moving at fairly slow. You're kind of lifting, lifting, lifting. You you hear. You hear your your radios kind of going off with all sorts of warnings, like "We're gonna fire, we're gonna put, we're gonna put, put, we're putting you down." That's and like as you start going up even further, once you're kind of clearing the air of the spaceport, you start to hear like a countdown. You have five seconds to return to spaceport, or we'll open fire with the cannon. Four, three, and he fires the retros hard. <laughs> we do a hard burn for orbit, <laughs> and so you start but while burning he's right. Doing the, uh, uh, Callum says, ah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and so you you hear the sounds uh, of, like, the, the everyone kind of freaking out. They're like, that's it, fire! And then some kind of rail gun, something gets shot off, but it's just a hair too late as you burn off uh, in the quickness of your, uh, of your, of your piloting, get you kind of into lower orbit, and then eventually kind of up into, up into you know, upper orbit. Okay. So everybody, we're gonna have to definitely change the transponders on the Belafonte before we come back to this moon. Uh, I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, and like Gwen has like a list of things that we need to do. That's just like pasted on the wall, and she just adds that to the list. It's number forty-six. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, let's see. So I've got the common area. I've got the extra state rooms. Uh, Freddie. Where would you have kind of gone out? Like as as the ship's going up, as everything's kind of going to hell, where are you kind of going as the as this takeoff is happening? So Freddie is going to a um, kind of like a cargo-ish area, and she's kind of moving like a panel off of the wall, and you know she's kind of reaching behind it, and she grabs this like old, very worn. Um, little notebook because she knows people through like their orders and so like even though um, she and Callum worked for a crime family and it would not have been a good idea to be taking notes she took notes of like who came by what they eat and all of those kinds of things so that's what she's kind of going through to kind of kind of remind herself of like who within this Bennett family um, or possibly even this Betty might have come by, had some food, what they liked when they were around. Okay. Uh, you actually go through your notes, uh, and you do find uh, Cass Bennett, actually, uh, the, the the matriarch. And from what you could tell, she is a, she is a seafood lover. So anything that, any, anything you can get, especially things like like uh, any kind of like muddy muddy fish, like a like a catfish type of deal, anything like that. Whether it's whether it's real, which is preferable, or whether it's synth, you know, it's fake. That's that's fine mm-hmm. too. But that definitely was her her preference. Uh, and you can tell she also has like kind of an affinity for things like gumbo and stuff like that. You're, you're getting kind of a sort of a New Orleans swampish kind of vibe a bit. She right. make apple moonshine. <laughs> all right all right okay someone gets it there we go i'm making a bunch of justified references this is what's basically happening with the Ben family okay all right um 
so then let's see. Callum was by that. Okay, so we've, I got one, two, three, four, five. Uh, how about uh, Gwen? Give me give me a location. The ship. Did we do a location for you yet? Um, maybe she's up by the cockpit. Like that's where she just kind of hangs out. Okay. Well, you. Were, oh no, wait. You went to your. Did you go to your private quarters? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Which private... I believe is in out? like the storage area. Okay. Callum, where right. are you hanging out? So, um, Callum, you're up by the cockpit. Somewhere where he can dangle his leg. Okay. All right. So maybe you go back out into the common area where Nikki is sitting on the couch and the squirrel is just driving you nuts every now and then, just chip, chip, chipping away at its food. Giving it a okay. side eye. So you you all managed to make it into orbit. You managed to dodge out of like this sort of warning disabling shot that comes from the railgun of the spaceport. You still are getting occasional pings uh, from the surface, but you're up in space now. You know that if if you're if you're gonna get the if you're gonna get the actual bounty for this, you have to go to kind of an initial drop off point, which you know is just a, a moon kind of on the sort of the other side of this 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 massive uh, this massive uh, 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 planet that kind of all of these relatively settled there's a, a total of seven different moons that are kind of scattered about and of those seven there's five of them that are actually either either occupied or in the process of you know kind of being not necessarily turned into towns or, or spaceports but at the very least just sort of in- industry of some kind um, none is, of which are, are particularly big cities or anything like that is the planet a gas giant or is it yeah yeah so the planet, yeah, the planet itself is just this, this big ass, big old gas giant, and all of the the moons themselves are where people are actually finding finding re- you know useful things. There's also um, there's also a handful of like incoming traffic you hear like on like comms stuff like that, and you can you can see on your radar other ships pinging. So, what's the plan? Walter has has said that he can kind of get you to Edgar, or you can kind of go turn him in. What's the idea here? Walter's not going anywhere. We might as well do some recon on Edgar, see if this leads any good. And if it's not good, we'll turn in Walter. But otherwise, you know, let's move up in the world. Nikki, you had me at let's Walt move up in the world. I- I'm with you. Let's let's go get that this. That was the Edgar. very end. So it took me a while to convince you. I-, I wasn't paying attention until you got to the very end. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm there for sure. Uh, Freddie, well, you know, kind of Freddie's conversation with Callum is like, well, when you got the asshole sons in the crime families, I, it doesn't take much to convince me to take him down a notch or two. Why? Shoot him in the knee. Both knees. Throw knives at him? Throw knives in their feet? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you're good at that. Hey Gwen, you okay Just with maybe, this? I mean, you wanted us to pop off the, pop off that planet there pretty quick. Is this something you're okay with? Yeah, as long as you know, uh, we we don't go back for a while. That that would be great with with me. That sounds good. I still see. I should shoot the bastard for you. You know, uh, just in the leg. He can't chase you then. For a while. I uh, I don't. I, that would be a mistake. Gwen, you can't keep getting yeah, Nancy after it. every job. Like we did it fine. We're we're off the hook. We're all good. It, the, the jobs went fine. 
it's just other stuff, you know? Huh. We're going to need so, to have a conversation about this at some point. Not right now, but we're going to need to have a conversation about this if it keeps... Well, I'm just up here flying casual, so it'd be great for somebody to tell me where the hell I'm supposed to be pointing this hunk of junk. If you talk to, if you go back and talk to Walter, you try mm-hmm. to get some information out. He's as, as long as you promise that he gets out of this cell and he doesn't get turned in, he is singing. He's like, so, cross my heart, hope to die. So the Bennets, they got uh, they got a penthouse uh, down uh, down on the planet. You see, in the uh, you know in the, the corporate the corporate section. Uh, it's not one of the big ones because they want to be all stealthy. Like you know how it is. Like no one really goes there. There's like you know panhandlers and such here and there. But uh, but for the most part, it's off limits. You know they still got the corporate security that's milling about. But they got it. They got some kind of deal with them. And so they just let they just let all of us come and go. You know we just kind of flash a flash a certain certain smile. They kind of know each of us and we kind of come and go. But. Uh, but yeah, the uh, they got the these pent this this penthouse. I know that uh, there's a helipad. It's like the only functioning helipad in all of in all of the city, right? And uh, that's where the whole the whole family holds up. Well, Cass is there, and, uh, and Edgar's there, Betty, you know, and a bunch of others too, you know, mid levels and such. Now, folks like me, low levels. Now we don't stay there, but every now and then we go. You know, we get called in for this or that. We get a we get an assignment as such, but. I'm I'm closer to freelance, you know what I mean? I'm I'm kind of, you know, vetting other options, really, if if you want to think about it. You know, I'm probably going to need a a much better option than this, but but yeah, uh, I can give you the, I can can tell you exactly which building, no problem. I can't really do much to get you past, you know, security and things, but most of the building's just empty. It's just sort of the upper, the upper floors. That's really it. Uh, They got a couple working elevators, but they keep them guarded staircases mostly intact you know here and there but all it is is just sort of empty office spaces and a few uh, executive apartments that haven't been furnished and it's just sitting there not being used and they won't let any of us you know any of us slow folk in there to do anything so they're just ripe for the picking but I can tell you which one it is you just you know you just I just need your word that you're not gonna you know uh, you not gonna turn on me or anything like that Wally. Can I call you Wally? I mean, I, I prefer Walt or Walter, but okay, whatever so gets Wally, me out of here. Wally, let's, put, let's, be, let's be clear. Let's be straight. Yeah. As I said, if we end up having Edgar in that cell next to you, you get to walk out. Right. Can I, uh, can I make like a, a small request that uh, I'm not in the actual cell when you put him in? I would rather him not know... It was yeah, me. No, no worries, Wally. We're definitely not going to... I'll stand in front of you. Don't you worry. You're not going to get dobbed out, Wally. I mean, listen, I've spent enough time in the joint. I'm not going to I'm not gonna, I'm not going to. jam you up like that. As long as you follow through yeah. with everything you said you can do. I give you my word. Scout sauna, you know? I was never in the scouts, to be fair. But, you know, you know the, the drill. On my mother's name. That kind of thing. Well, you got nothing to worry about anyway. Standard operating procedure. Everyone gets brought in in that security crate. You know, we'll we'll let you out of the cell before we put him in his. But that's standard operating procedure. I mean, that's like, uh, that was inhuman. It's a good thing I was knocked out, but my leg is still not working. Oh, no, right. we didn't put you in there. You were the exception, of course. Yeah. Oh, you guys walked me in here? I don't even remember. No, no, that. no. We, we, we push in the crate. He's just, he just, he's just pulling your leg, Wally. The one that's actually working. Not the other right. one. Right. 
Yeah, it's he really. I mean, I was one. bending it before, but now, yeah, now very I'm hard. It. I think I'm gonna need a replacement knee or something. You know, it's, probably because it definitely that made that horrible popping noise. Nikki, when you pushed it like that, and twisted it, it was. It's like a it's like a watermelon. You know, I, if you I really was trying to be gentle, but you know, if you you have any bills or something like that, medical that comes up, uh, feel free to talk to Edgar when we bring him in. I'd rather you know not to ask him. Like no, that's fine. Like I'll, I'll handle the medical bills. You your know, legs it's, fine? It's, it's fine. Are you sure your legs fine? No, I don't I mean, want it's not fine. I, what, what I mean, but you know, what I'm saying is, is that anything I could do to just keep my bit of this whole plan anonymous, so that they don't know it was me, that would be great. Because well, okay, I don't. Yeah, as long as you feel like you're fine, you know. That, I don't want to be. We'll, we'll do our best. I, I, I don't want to be food. You know, he's gonna cut me up. He's gonna. He's crazy. He's gonna feed him. He's got these these animals out in the waste. He sometimes feeds folks too, just to hide them. These big old pigs. It's crazy. And if he's not Trust there, there's another place he could be. He could be at his farm out in the wastes with the with all the pigs. And he's got a ship too. His mom, you know, Cass. She lets you know she doesn't interfere with his ship. He kind of goes his own little pleasure bus. Kind of, you might have heard of it. It's called the Rhinestone Cowboy. No one likes it. It's a shiny pain in the ass thing. Just a gas guzzling. Now, I think if we're looking for somewhere to uh, find this uh, Eddie fella, it might be a little easier to go out to the farm in the waste than to try to get into their penthouse, because the penthouse seems like it's going to have a whole lot of security. Farm in the waste seems like a little bit less security. It can... Yeah. I don't know where he's at, though. I mean, he's one of those places, is what I'm saying. Well, sure. But if we're going to start somewhere, it seems like start at the easier one. So where does he keep yeah. a rhinestone cowboy parked at? Well, I mean, they've they've got the helipad. It's not even the helipad, you know, anyways. But sometimes he'll land it on the top of the, top of the, top of the building. Sometimes it's out in the waste. I mean, it's got... It ain't the biggest thing in the world, but it's, you know... It's formidable, but uh, he doesn't really travel too far. Sometimes he spins around. He gets a couple of his friends, you know, friends. Gets them on there, does a little cruise around the outer rim, comes back. Ain't as many friends on the barge anymore. Who would have thought? You know, we could always find out where he's got the rhinestone cowboy. Get on there. Change up the security protocols just a little bit. When he gets up out of orbit, ship locks down, environmentals go off until he goes takes a nap. Then we go in in vac suits, pull him out, salvage the ship, take the bounty. Elvis, that sounds like a great idea to me. You always make those things sound so simple. Oh, it's in it's it's easy. There's other. In fact, pops pops one eye. Excellent pirate. And a hell of a guy. Got a bit of a food allergy. He had a problems. That's one of the problems he had with some of the prison guards. But he was a hell of a pirate. And he is the one who actually taught me Vaxuit combat. I'm not saying that this is how he handles boarding operations himself. But uh, maybe, just maybe, big forearms too. He was a, he was a hell of a brawler in his day, Pops. Just a thought. What does everybody think? We got some options. Turn to you all. It's up we to go to you the all. house. Yeah. 
track down the ship, we go to the farm. I Let's vote for the farm. Income. I could use some, you know, throw my hands in the dirt. Wonderful. That'd be lovely. But it's not all about me. But that's my vote, is the farm. Uh, yeah. Ship or farm? I mean, the ship is on the office building anyways, right? Possibly. It could be. We don't know exactly. Possibly. He could be orbiting somewhere. Well, if the ship's not parked either at the penthouse or at the farm, then he's probably on the ship, which means we'd be waiting for him regardless. But you know what? I like farming. I think, Freddy, I, I'm, I'm all in. All right, let's go farming. Okay. So if that's the case, if everyone's on board with that, Walter will gladly provide you all with coordinates where in the, the wastes on the other side uh, of Harlan 5. Harlan 5, again, small moon. It's it's that, that city, uh, Agnesi, and it's this like, slum market. It's kind of the only real centralized population on the moon. On the opposite side of the moon is just kind of waste. It's There's not a whole lot there. There are mountains kind of off to the north where a lot of the a lot of the mining was done initially when they were kind of bringing up these rare metals and, and the geological survey kind of realized that they weren't as rare as they thought they were. The markets kind of shifted and then the, the company kind of got bought out. And so there's these scattered mining towns here and there as well uh, that are kind of still clinging. And then there's a bunch of folks who are trying to kind of push this agriculturalist sort of movement. And so you have these pocket farms around as well. And, and a lot of those are within, which is mostly a cold, dry landscape. But then you see these little bubbles here and there of like little biodomes, like kind of shifting around where people are trying to sustain something. So Walter will give you give you those coordinates. So do you all just go right down? Or is there anything else we do on the ship for preparation? You know, we, we could We could drop into a low geostable orbit over it. And, and just park in orbit over this, over his farm until he lands, till his ship comes in and we know for a fact he's there. Then we could go in. That way we're not risking ourselves on the ground. You think no one will notice this piece of shit? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what else is around the farm. What, Wally, what's around the farm? Uh, well, he, he made sure he, he took out anyone within, you know, a good 10 miles. There was this really nice... Uh, Nice little little mining village about uh, five miles to the north. Uh, I mean, it's not there anymore. Uh, I mean, some of the buildings are, but the people aren't. Uh, he fed some of them to his pigs. Uh, others just they kind of ran away here or there. Uh, but they they were nice. They were good people. They made this they made this uh, this weird kind of uh, like vegetable soup. Uh, it was delicious. Uh, and I'm not one for for eating vegetables, but it was delicious. But I don't know. Someone rubbed. Edgar the wrong way, said the wrong thing, and then, yeah, he, you know, he burnt down the building and chased a bunch of people away. So, there's that. So, uh... You ever been else. out to his farm, Wally? You see, he gets, like, a really dark look. You're like, yeah, I bet. They, so, they, is uh, is it, like, a smart house? I mean, what kind of security setup does he have it, in the house? It, 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 there's security, and there's, there's pigs. There's lots of pigs, and there's... It's, there's a lot of pigs, and there's gonna be there's gonna be folks there as well. There's gonna be you know he's got his he's always got security there, whether he's there or not. There's gonna be, you know. Sometimes he takes the barge out there. Sometimes you know, 
he's got these, these fancy land riders and things that he, uh, he drives around, you know. But for the most part, uh, you know, it's his own little, it's his own little kingdom. You know, Cass, she lets him, lets him have it. Lets him have that, lets him have the barge, but when he's in the tower, and he's got to do what she says. Outside of the tower, he's free to do what he wants, and Edgar doing what he wants. That ain't a pretty thing. So what would be the closest, Walter, uh, kind of closest existing town or farm or someone else that is allowed to be there that may be a little bit farther away? Oh, man. Town or something. I know there's a, there's a, there's a homestead. Uh, oh, gosh. About an hour south by, uh, I don't know, by, by truck. There's, uh, and there's like four or five families there, maybe. You know, one of them, one of those, uh, one of those like uh, hippie farmer folks, you know, like growing, growing uh. things, experimenting here and there. You know, they uh, they sell uh, at the market. They you know during you know once a once a month they uh, they head up, they bring their stuff in, they sell it. So there's decent folk there. You know, uh, you kind of like things like oh, what was the name? was this one lady oh uh dolores yeah dolores oh man she's uh and you see he gets a little he starts to blush a little bit she's uh she's a fine lady you know she's she's real nice you know doesn't matter she's nice to everybody you know she's polite and, you know. has dolores uh maybe quietly made her opinions known about the family is she uh well, I mean, they, uh, as far as I know, like, I mean, she's still up and running, but then, you know, he, she doesn't interfere with it, so, like, she's just there, you know, the family's there, and I don't know if Edgar's ever confronted them or nothing, it's just, it's just a, you know, Edgar, Edgar's a bully and such, but he's, you know, he's, he, he picks and chooses, you know, he doesn't just, he doesn't just want to run around anywhere. Even even out in the waste, I'm sure his mom wouldn't like that, you know. But uh, plus, you do too much rampaging out there. She's gonna hear about it, and she doesn't want to hear about it, you know. All right, maybe we can uh, have a talk with Dolores, and maybe that would be a place for us to make our first stop. Well. We could definitely do that. I, I'd hate to think, though, we might be putting some innocent person in the crosshairs of of this little bounty. Because if we fail to hit, if we fail to grab Edgar, I'd, I'd hate to think somebody is going to be pushing up the daisies because of something we put them in the middle of. And less people to see our faces, the better, too. Uh, if Edgar could be in orbit. Perhaps we do a, just a, a wide sweep around the planet once or twice before we land, just to see uh, if we could find the ship. I know it's a big space, but... Okay. Uh, if you want to try to scan some stuff, we'll make it a savvy test. Uh, this, this is going to be against the odds, though. Uh, it's a small ship, and he does have certain countermeasures. Uh, would having a planetary scanner help? That, was that would help the. Things. I think that would help the planet. Uh, if we're just doing, like, if you're checking orbit, I'm not sure if that Got would it. help okay. orbit. But that would help if you're scanning the planet. Um, Walter doesn't have, 
like any kind of identification codes for it. Like he doesn't have those. Okay. Like he can't necessarily give you those. That was a six on the savvy. Yeah, you you kind of do a you take some time, hours, maybe even a day or so, kind of spinning around, etc. And uh, you don't, uh, yeah, you don't pick up. You don't pick up anything that sort of matches the description that's kind of coming through. You're getting plenty of your your standard run-of-the-mill kind of merchant vessels, shuttles, corporate and otherwise. Uh, nothing that kind of really stands out to you. A couple, uh, you know, a couple, uh, a couple derelicts that are kind of just up here floating around in orbit, kind of left uh, kind of on the side of the road or whatever, so to speak. Um, but nothing kind of pings that makes you think he's, at least he's up in orbit. Hey, Freddie, how, here's a thought, and just hear me out on this one. It's going to put you potentially in a lot of danger, but you'd get to work in a really nice kitchen. We could insert you as a new chef for Cass at the penthouse. I could put a security profile together for you. You could show up, and then you'd be our inside eyes, and you'd know when he was there, when he was leaving, and maybe where he was going. You might even be able to slip him something. Might make it easier for us to pick him up. I think that's something I could do. I think I remember what a, uh, you know, I, I would imagine that um, Mama Cass might be the one that uh, handles hiring for uh, things like that. So uh, I happen to remember what she likes to eat. That might give me a little bit of a one up if they're uh, hiring somebody new. Get me to stay on. Just a thought. I mean, it sounds really dangerous to me. God knows I wouldn't want to do it, but... I really don't like most of the dangerous things that we do, I, but I do I do like cooking and some nice stainless, some nice shiny stainless and sharp knives. I could... I take my mind off uh, how uh, close I am to uh, being murdered. Oh, when when Get me a job then, too. Yeah, we could get the both of you in. I you... a lot better. You're both, you know work for the families before so you know you're you're the lay of the land you get you could get in you could feed us some intel we could uh come up with a better plan based on the information you get nikki and i'll stay out here and maybe go to the casino or yeah, something we'll, we'll kill some time <laughs> while you guys get hired so callum and i go get ourselves shot and you go make some money no Did no no you, you know if i shoot them first you go, you go, you go cook, you go cook for Cass, and uh, Callum guards you while you cook for Cass, and we wait to hear some good information from you, and then we pick up Edgar and possibly, you know, maybe just knock over a casino or something like that with Gwen. At the very least, we'll put it all on black. I don't know what he's talking about with that. I don't gamble, but uh, but yeah, well, we'll put it on gamble. black. You are, I will open your world no i just win i don't like to gamble i just like to make sure i win everyone have fun with that gwen what are you going to be doing you seem a bit shaken up today I, I i'm going to be constantly watching news or checking the news and seeing what updates i can get us uh, so, uh, Jeff, would we say there is some social media of some sort that's... Uh, so, the way I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it is I'm going to say each, each individual planet or settlement station mm -hmm. probably has its own kind of intranet there. But news from one planet or one moon to the next, it 
goes as fast as, it, as the ships that carry it. So very yeah. much traveler style, I think we're going to do in that regard. Mm-hmm. So if you were to go, like if you, if you want to connect to like the, the planet intranet, like whatever is, you know, whatever kind of news net that they have, like that means going down to the planet and connecting like up in orbit, maybe yeah. you get some, some stray signals here and there, whatever, like space authority is kind of broadcasting out. Uh, but it's not going to just be like, you can, it's not going to be like, like yeah. Star Trek or anything. She'll like be that. down like while they're gambling, she'll be around and, but she'll be like, so I want to, I want to go back over what the plan is here. Cause we've like, we've gone in a lot of different directions <laughs> and now I, we I don't, started I'm one place sure and landed in a different place. I'm not yet. Right. So, so what is the, what, what is the next step for, for this, this crew? How are we getting closer to Edgar? So Bennett? the first thing that we tried was seeing if he was at the farm and seeing if we were going to get lucky and his ship was in orbit near the farm in the wastes and that, uh, struck out. So, so just yeah. remember the ships can land in this setting. Uh, and so it's also possible he could just, you know, he could be landed nearby, stuff like that too. So you guys were just going to scan in the orbital. So that's option one, is to kind of go out to the farm or whatever. Option two? Seeing if we could insert um, Freddy and mm-hmm. Callum into the penthouse staff okay. uh, so they can get eyes and ears on Edgar's movements. And then we can, based on, on, on that information, we can determine what's the best place to hit him and how. So we actually have the intelligence to do the job right. Okay. That's two. Is there a third option? Nuka from uh, orbit. Yeah, we, we, we rob a casino. <laughs> uh, Nikki and Elvis, you're gonna rob a casino. It's your casino with your your, your friend lady. No, we won't. Meridian. We won't rob rob the Meridian. Okay. Uh, but we're we're gonna uh, gamble there and check out security while we plan a different casino to rob. Okay. And just, that's that's just a run. side thing. <laughs> just dry <laughs> run just, in a different just, casino. Just, yeah. Okay. So just just let me know what we want to do start with the farm yeah we'll probably want to start with the farm and just cover that avenue before we try and okay insert so, freddy and callum because that makes so, me nervous sure so you'll get you get coordinates from you know from walter no problem take the ship back into orbit you stay away from space so you're on the other side of the moon uh so it's not so you're not concerned with the space authority that you just pissed off like a day or so ago we'll say and Gwen, if you're if you're scanning, because you have a you you said the ship has a as a planetary scanner, is that what you're doing? Yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll a savvy test with upper hand, um, and see if you can, as you're kind of starting to come down to this wasteland field of various farms and homesteads and stuff scattered about. Eleven. Okay. Uh, so as you're kind of you know, you're coming in, you can see those of you who are her by a, you know either. Uh, either some kind of uh, some kind of console with a display, a scanner display, or even just kind of looking out like a viewing port or something. It's just this this huge kind of rocky, orange, dry, kind of cracked ground, and there's all of these occasional just glassy bubbles of green uh, that are just scattered about as you're coming down, um, and you can tell that these are you know these are you all would know are just like, these are people who are just trying as best they can to make, make something out of where they're stuck. Uh, but as you, Gwen, go ahead and start kind of scanning around, you're looking for signs of ships in the area. You're being able to, the, the more, the kind of closer you get to the surface, the more you're able to kind of localize your scans and localize your scans and localize your scans. And eventually you do actually pick up 
on a ping of what seems like the type of model or high end uh, kind of barge system that you would uh, you would a ship that you would expect to sort of match the the basic the basic functionality that Walter described. And when you look at the actual coordinates that he gives you for Bennett's farm farm, uh, you do see that they are the same. And so it kind of leads you to assume that he's kind of parked out there. Okay. Uh, it does appear like he is parked out at his farm. Good news. Now the question is, where do we park where we won't be noticed? And also, how many people does he have hired right now? Sorry, I was muted there. Uh, he's so if you if you talk to Walter, uh, he says, uh, "Yeah, any given time, it could be anywhere from, uh, you know, six to twenty or so, depends." Twenty. Six. Probably why. Not a big difference. Uh, it's probably why most people don't don't uh, go after this particular bounty. It sounds a little challenging, but I I love a challenge. How big is his ship? Uh, it's smaller than yours, but, uh, it's a little bit more compact. Yours is old and rickety and kind of pieced together with spit and vinegar. His is a little bit more modern. Um, would we be able to pull up some like schematics on like the, the model or something like that? Or would it be custom? Uh, it's definitely a custom, uh, from what, Mm -hmm. uh, from what Walter describes. Uh, I, I guess what I'm getting at is how many people could we expect to be on the ship at one time? Like up to, in it. up to, I mean, like on it, uh, up to probably around two to three dozen could probably be on it uh, in terms of how many it would house, uh, like in quarters and things like that. Yeah, you know, six, maybe. So there's a good chance that if we tried to uh, get him while he was on the ship, there could be less security than here at the farm or at the office. You know, if it houses six and he's orbiting for a bit, he's not going to be up there with more than five guards. I absolutely agree with you then, Nikki. I'm always a big fan of taking, you know, piracy. It's Well, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that we just uh, we sneak onto that ship ahead of time. A couple of us are on uh, uh, the Belafonte, you know, just circling around. A couple of us on that ship. You know, we give him a little trink gun while he's up there orbiting, you know, and then we just retrieval drone ourselves out. Counter argument. Because I like where you're headed with this. We go in, we reset his, his, his computer system so that as soon as he makes orbit, it disengages life support. We're on in vac suits. They all go take a nap. Everybody on the ship takes a nap. We pilot the ship in. What would stop them, them from landing the ship as soon as they realize they don't have life support, though? Well, see, that's that's the part where we've we've reset the security. So once they get up, life support switches off. Security system goes back to a factory restart. He's got no control over the ship. It's just in orbit. Did anyone fuck with these people like that? Yeah, we take him out and we get him quick on his own if we can. 
Mess about with that, we're going to have Cass on us as well. That is a fair point. Freddie was wondering if she could use her cargo scanner to scan their ship, now that we know that it is there, um, just to this, see if there's anything on the ship. Does that you do it remotely, or is that more like you're you're on the ship and can, can scan through? It says it's a ship, It typically a ship-integrated device that can scan a target vessel for data on its cargo, communicating the identification and tonnage of the cargo. Okay, uh, so... Yeah, you scan. Okay, so if you go through that scan, there it doesn't seem to be carrying any like kind of noteworthy cargo. Like meaning, like you're not getting any sense of like it's it's sort of an agricultural cargo. It's not necessarily carrying like machinery or anything like that. Um, so it doesn't seem like this is a merchant vessel. Uh, but uh, you do get what you think are sort of biological signs. Uh, we'll say so. He is keeping something perhaps in the hold. Uh, that might be living. Pigs. Oh, but we know he also keeps people in there. I want those people out of there. Say that again? I want those people out of there. Unless there is guards, but yeah. Um, given his reputation, we might... Uh, be doing a rescue mission and a bounty all at the same time. I haven't been doing this too long. Maybe there's extra bounties with that. Maybe you get extra pay when you rescue people and you take care of the bounty. More money. More money's good. More money's good. So right. let's do some recon on the ship once we get on the ground then. Okay. So we'll say you land the ship some distance away. Mm-hmm but as much distance as you can that's willing that you're willing to, to sort of traverse on the, on, on foot. Uh, I don't think you have any ground vehicles, Sorry. do you? Yeah. Before we leave the ship, uh, yep. Callum wants a word with Walter. So when everyone okay. else is out of the way. And he, yeah, he looks up at you. Uh, you uh, yeah, well, uh, what you need? Bring some, some water, the straw. How's your shoulder? It's 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 all right, you know. It, it, it's an old injury, kind of pops in and out every now and then. Should have been hurting a lot more if you'd worn your seatbelt, mate. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right, but you know they, they're so uncomfortable on me. I'm a big guy. It's you know. Astrum, I, was, I wasn't thinking. Listen, now, yeah, Walter, you seem really fucking nice. Thank you. You sent us here. If the any of these people get fucking hurt. You're going to wish you were Edgar. Uh, you get it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, and if hey. not, you'll be grand. You know, I'll make sure they let you go. I will not let them keep you if they get uh, hurt. I just <laughs> gave hurt. information, man. Like They do with it what they want, man. That's that's all I did. Just you could take it as a promise, pal. A little, bit, a little bit of sweat kind of beads down from his head. Okay. And then uh, Nikki comes yeah, in with some noodles for Walter. And he's completely oblivious enjoy, that the enjoy your water, was <laughs> Would you say that the, uh, I inflicted the blues there on Walter? I think so. Yeah, you could tell he's yeah, he's yeah. looking very nervous and he's looking very frightened. And I, I would say that that is certainly worth taking blue uh, blues point. Yeah. There okay. Um, would you guys want to travel during the day? Would you want to travel at night? It, it, it's not a hot During place. It's actually day. fairly cold. Yeah. 
Okay. So I think out. it's better if we just uh, go and we we could uh, traveling salesmen, inspectors. You know, maybe maybe we got to check the ship out. We're we're insurance reps. You know, okay. and for you, the, you, for the company that made it. You do okay. realize this man's a criminal, and if we show up, he's just gonna shoot us. I mean. He's no, just gonna no. shoot Criminal, us. Criminals have legitimate businesses as well, you know, and this is where the ships park. So we're here just, you know, there was a recall on the engine, just a couple parts that we got to go in. We got to tweak, you know, maybe a firmware update, you know, and in and out. And, you know, that's it. Nikki, I think that's a fantastic idea. I'm going to stay here on the Belafonte. You guys call me. Uh, if, you know, things go hairy, I'll come pick you up. Okay. I think, all I think, right, uh, right. I think uh, we'll, we'll be better off here. We need you to do the heck thing, right? Oh, you, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Here, you know, I'll, this I'll, actually I'll you it, would I'll be the best on one a, for a firmware update. I'll, I'll put it on. I'll put it on a little disc here for you. Just plug that shit in. You'll be. You'll be. You'll be maybe, laughing, Nikki. Maybe we don't actually try. Let's try to not be seen. Wasn't that like part of the plan? I mean. They're going to have security. They're going to see us. That's what I'm thinking. Even if we go at night, you know, they'll have sensors. They'll have guards. It, it's better to just go and, you know, if if they call our bluff, then we'll just walk away. You know, they're not going to shoot us right at the doorstep. Nikki, I, I, I love I love that this is what you think. And I think it's a very it's a, it's a fantastic idea. Like I said, call me. I'll come pick you up if necessary. All right. So you get me the disc uh, in the. Uh, Caleb, are you coming with me? Why? Definitely. Okay. Okay. Uh, so Nikki and, Ka- and, and and Caleb are at the very least going to to do a, a, a on foot scout. Uh, Freddie and Gwen, are you going? Uh, I feel like Freddie, with her, uh, it's all in the details of, for observation checks. I think should probably. Okay. Go. So yeah. you're going, Gwen. Oh God, uh, yeah. Okay. She doesn't uh, like it, but she's she's going. So so is Elvis the only one hanging back then? Okay, so Elvis is hanging back. The rest of you, you get on foot, you start travel. It's not it, you don't necessarily have to belabor the travel, uh, but we'll say you come over a ridge, you look down, you see uh, the spread of Edgar's farm. And what you see is his ship, uh, which isn't, it doesn't look extraordinarily fancy and effectively it just looks like a, a giant rectangle uh, and a little rounded on the sides, uh, but it looks in very good condition. It doesn't seem like there's been any major repairs that have been, you know, have to have been done on it, but it's it's sitting, what you can see, in a, in a landing landing pad not too far from what appears to be a very large uh, and very um, very high-end looking building uh, in that it doesn't look like the ramshackle patchwork uh, buildings that you see all around like Ignacy Market and, and, and that. It certainly looks like they've maybe repurposed some of the uh, the finer building materials that have been left around for the corporate scale of the city or it's some sort of fabricated bit. But it's two stories. Uh, you can tell that there are what appear to be these these long kind of wraparound balcony at the at this sort of the second floor, and there is an exterior staircase that goes up to a rooftop level, uh, where from this distance you can see there's a pool uh, in it, 
And you also notice, uh, in addition to this building, that there is this small kind of one of those domed areas, uh, not as big as some of the agricultural farms that you that you flew over, but it's much smaller. Uh, and you can see that there are a couple rows of, of different greenery here and there. And uh, I'd say, Freddie, if you've got some kind of like monocular or, or, or binocular, you're looking down, you can see that there's much different shapes kind of moving about. Uh, Freddie, go ahead and roll an observation check. All right. Uh... Oh, my gosh. Two ones. That is a seven. Okay. Do you want to exert yourself? I feel like this is going to go badly if I keep doing this, but I'm going to How could it anyway. possibly go badly? Well, seven, you're one. All you have to do is not roll a one and you succeed, right? Well, I already rolled two of them, so. Wait, <laughs> Wait how did you get a seven if you rolled two ones on an observation check? Uh, a six, a one, and a one, and it was upper hand. Oh, okay. So I, didn't I dropped the one. Six. Okay. And okay. spent a heart to re roll the one and got a one. So I still have <laughs> a seven. Oh, yeah. No. You see, you, you were looking, you guys are waiting up here and. Got a decent viewpoint. Looking down, there's maybe maybe three people here. It's all you count. You're very confident that there are only three guards. So, so one might say certain that there are only <laughs> three guards. Very sure. It feels good to me. <laughs> uh, so... I think we would try to procure transportation. Uh, something that looks a little bit more upper class this time. Maybe we uh, hire out a car, you know, actually go legit. Is there somewhere in this area that you guys are in the middle, we're in the middle of nowhere, thing? right? You're yeah. in the middle yeah. of nowhere. You're yeah. in wastelands, different pockets and stuff. People usually, I mean, like while there, there's some, folks that might do some some ground travel for between these places you're so far from the main hub agnesi that like you people would take a ship yeah so on the ground it would just be like finding like a i'm picturing like a farmer's truck kind of a thing would be mm-hmm. can't call an uber <laughs> no, no. I think so. Sorry, i want to yes and that but no i don't want to do that <laughs> Maybe we're trying to buy right. a pig. I I, I think I, I've got a, a a good good thing going. We'll, we'll go with the firmware uh, update. Uh, Elvis has it set up. Uh, we'll go in there. Uh, uh, insurance rep just need to look around a little bit. Uh, Calum, you know you look very professional. Uh, so I I think this could work for us. Like broken nose tattoo of forty two on his neck. <laughs> I'm yeah, we're, we're going mafia professional. Hmm. Yeah. All right, so Nikki's leading this. So Nikki, are you going up and like knocking on the door, or are you sneaking up and trying to like get onto the ship? I want to look as legit as possible, and I want to like at the gate or whatever, or the door, whatever video camera. I want to try and talk my way in. Okay, so you're going right up to the door. All right. What are the rest of you doing? Elvis, I understand, is probably taking the ship and flying it away and finding a different <laughs> crew to work with. What are the rest of you doing? 
I would say probably preparing for plan B of just sneaking on the ship. Oh, God, I don't even want a plan B at this point. Plan A is <laughs> hard enough to pull off to begin with. Okay, so, Freddie, like, you, you're going to sneak onto the ship while, while Nikki is going to the front door? Yes. Okay. Uh, Gwen and Callum, what are the two of you doing? I'd be sticking with Nikki, but trying to keep an eye on Freddy. Okay. I'll go uh, in with Freddy. If anything, we'll be pulling attention away from Freddy, so this could work. Okay. So Nikki and Callum are going to the door. At a certain point, you will lose sight of Freddy, as the, the house will basically be between you uh, and where she's kind of wandering off to. But you can keep an eye on her up until that point. Freddy, Gwen, you're going towards going towards the, the we have split the party three ways this is absolutely yeah. phenomenal <laughs> elvis is watching all of us somehow from the ship <laughs> okay uh the AI is complaining about how stupid we are <laughs> i'm on the comms i'm like going hey wally you know I, like i said i'm not a bad man but there's absolutely no chance any of them are coming back alive so <laughs> you're probably going to get turned in for the bounty because i'm going to have to uh elvis your mic is on your mic oh, is on. So, sorry, guys. Uh, you're gonna be fine. I love this plan. Hundred percent gonna work. Listen, listen. I, hey, you don't got. If you're if you're running out of fo- I I could be on your crew. You know, I like. You saw me in action, man. I, I you know I can think on my feet. You know, I'm, I'm I can I can fly. I can, you know, I can cook. You know, I'm pretty good at cooking. I can, well, I All can right. make sandwiches. Now, now, Wally. Now you're you're talking my language. So what we'll talk if if they're gonna make it. Honest, they're going to make it. Uh, but otherwise, you know, perhaps. Oh, I get you. I'm sure they're going to make it. <laughs> and then the comms go off as, like, Nikki reminds Elvis that the comms are on. Okay. So, Freddie and Gwen, uh, go ahead and you're going to roll Savvy Test to sneak up. However, you have two instances of against the odds against you uh, as you're trying to sneak up onto this. Uh, okay. What are you doing? So remember that against the odds and upper hand are like you can you can have multiple Excellent. cases of them and they all just kind of cancel out and then eventually yeah. you roll. But you would have two working against you for reasons. Sure. So are we rolling and then kind of narrating what happens? Well, you're telling I'm just telling me, do you do you have it? I'm not sure. I don't have everyone's like gambits and things memorized. And again, we are, if you're, the, we are going to the front door. So you, they should get at least one upper hand. That's a fair point for the distraction. So, so that cancels out one. You still have the one uh, uh, against the against the odds. Is there anything else you can think of that might benefit you, Freddie or Gwen? I not from my trouble. I mean, my gambit is just specifically for observation checks. So yeah, it's not gonna yeah have anything I, to do with this. Well, observation check. You'll be checking who and um, be able to see if something's able to see you. I mean, I can I could do an observation check before I kind of get up here. Almost Didn't like you? A, I think you. I think I had you roll an observation check actually from the. Oh, that's right. And I failed. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> um. So I think it's just uh, against the odds. Okay, so just against the could odds. I, All right. Unless you've yeah, got. Could I look on. first to see if I notice any security cameras or anything? Uh, sure. Because she uh, looked for people. Uh, well, she just looked. Uh, I gave her the people stuff. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, go ahead and just roll observation check. Observation just is just like you're looking for stuff that wasn't immediately described. Okay. 
Uh, I need eight, right? Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yay. Uh, there are, in fact, several security cameras that are decked all around this place. And you can see they're hanging down from beneath the second, like the, that balcony. You can see it everywhere. So like the entire main house, like you can't take a step without being on camera. You also notice over by the uh, the actual landing pad, there's what looks like some kind of sort of maintenance. At first you thought it was kind of a, a maintenance shed or something like that, or maybe a fuel fill up. And it might be that, but you also notice that there is quite clearly a security guardhouse. So as this is as you and Freddy are kind of sneaking down the ridge, going in the direction, Callum and Nicky are more, more boldly going around to the front of the building. Freddy and Gwen, Gwen, you, you suddenly grab Freddy's, yeah. like the back of Freddy's uh, shoulder. You're not sure if the cameras have already caught you or not, but you point out and you can see that there is some kind of booth that's right there, and it is occupied. Freddy, you didn't see that there is somebody quite literally inside of a booth. That is something you see. Um, what I'll say is that since you noticed it, uh, you can just roll your stealths flat now. Okay. So you can now you can try to compensate for it, basically, is what I'm saying. All right. Okay. And so now we're doing a savvy. Mm-hmm. So savvy, oh, yeah. God. All right. Ten. I am gonna spend two. Two. Two heart. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. To re-roll, basically. Okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> And thank God I did six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten. Okay. I rolled two of you. I rolled two ones the first okay. time. <laughs> oh no. All right. So the two of you, uh, now taking a different angle, putting the sort of the ship as best you can and the landing struts as best you can between yourself and what this booth is, trying to take an angle, you know, kind of leading up, kind of working your way up until you are on the line, like you step off like the dirty dirty like crunchy ground and feet go on top of the, the landing pad itself you feel the concrete underneath the smoothness of the concrete dust kind of moves around as wind starts to whiff through you uh you move up to one of these landing struts and you lean against it like you're like you're basically up against a tree at this point mm-hmm. and you know that there's a, a there's some way to get in here Likely you're going to have to kind of go up a ramp, go through some security, that kind of thing. But you have made it onto the landing pad, and you're right underneath this ship. Meanwhile, uh, Nikki, Callum, you all are wandering around to the front of the building. Do-do-do-do-do. Looking legit, I believe, was the term that Nikki wanted to do. Roll legit. No, you you go around to the front of the building. (laughs) You notice that there are what looks like these, like, dirt bikes that have been locked up in the front of the building uh and like in a a sort of a little wheel rack area uh they look kind of beautiful and glossy and in all sorts of fancy colors uh stark contrast to the uh, veritable you know drab gray and then like the white in or drab brown and the whites and grays of the building itself you uh you notice that about 10 feet from the door itself, like there's this overhang and then there's like this, this looks like gray kind of metal glossy door that leads into the, into the building. And then there's an overhang the rest of the way. You see like there's a, a walkway, a bricked walkway. You see that there's a small little intercom and you can see as you're, and then now as you 
the two of you come around, you can very clearly see you are on camera. Uh, and there's an intercom right there. What do you I want give to do? A big smile. All right, look professional. Look professional. <laughs> okay. Callum gives a big smile. Mickey, uh, you want to look press professional. press the intercom. Okay. Uh, and you press the intercom. Buzz, you hear a voice come on. Hey. What do you want? Uh, hello, my name is uh, Chance Clover. I work for uh, Negotiated Outer Orbit Damage Liability Enterprises. This is my associate, uh, Bruce Roberts. Uh, we represent a client who has self-reported an accidental collision in orbit uh, with uh, what we have tracked to be your ship. Uh, we just need to take a couple pictures for liability purposes, and then you should be able to get a little uh, settlement out of this. Your insurance... Unfortunately, yes. One second. You gotta wait. It's just long pause. You don't really, you don't hear anything. You look around. You hear the, about a hundred so feet away, you see these like shadows kind of moving around in the dome. You see these pigs that have all kind of moved up to the edge of this otherwise transparent dome and they're just staring at you. You hear the voice suddenly pick back up. You can come in. And you hear a buzzer. And the door opens up. And you can see that there is a man much the same height and size as Walter. He's got a shotgun in his hand. Kind of holding it down. And he looks up at you and he says, If y'all could please come with me. Mr. Bennett would like to have a word. Absolutely. That is why we are here. We were just trying to get you a settlement. What's your name, Bagman? Me. You can call me Tommy. Get to know Tommy. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. And the two of you start walking in. He lets you walk past. The second door opens up. You start... It opens up onto this beautiful beautiful like living room area there's all sorts of plants here and there that are kind of popping up you hear the vague sound of kind of music that's playing you hear voices talking like like there's other people here you can see that there is this sunken living room with this enormous swirling couch around this like same side, like this enormous ottoman as well, on top of which there are all these different glasses that are kind of clinking around. You can see there's probably about four or five people kind of sitting down. There's a little bit of leaves that are kind of getting in the way. You can't tell if that's the first one. And you hear the guy's voice, Tommy's from behind. You say, Mr. Mr. Bennett, they're, uh, they're here. And he's like, oh, how wonderful. Why don't you two boys come around so we can get a better look at you? Of course, of course. Uh, like I said, my name's Chance Clover. This is my associate, uh, Bruce Roberts. Uh, we're here on behalf of Negotiated Outer Orbit Damage Liability Enterprises. Uh, like I said, I have a client that self-reported a uh, collision in orbit, and uh, we just need to take a couple pictures of your ship, uh, just do a little looky-loo, and uh, you should be able to get quite a sizable settlement. You step, go down the these these marbled steps of uh, 
into the sunken living room area where this there's the party that's happening and you hear the voice oh it sounds very interesting i'm always interested in getting more money as and, you start uh, coming around uh, nikki's still sorry. talking a mile a minute just talking a mile a minute <laughs> you see edgar bennett right there he's got two guys on his he's got two people on his left two people on his right two women and he's got like two men sitting there as well Callum, as you look up, your eyes are scanning across the groups. You notice a face you recognize. You notice that his leg has kind of got this strange boot and his arm and his hand that's holding this glass. is kind of missing a few fingers. This maimed looking hand. He's got this kind of reddish orange hair kind of slicked back a bit on the sides and he looks up at you and his eyes kind of grow wide he gets this big grin on his face and he just says and I can't do a Scottish accent so I'm not going to do it okay. long time no see hey Callum and what ends I'm there good, me. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki is just feigning shock ah! like Hello. Never heard that name before. <laughs> Nikki's still going with it. Callum. I don't know. I don't even know this guy. I just found him out in the way. Okay. He's not called Bruce. <gasps> yeah. Uh, would you say that I made an outrageous bluff? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Would you say that I went all in and I'm living to regret it? Oh, gosh, yes. Your entire next session will be regretting what you've done. Uh, Callum, you do notice the, uh, the McGregor kid that Freddie maimed, and we'll probably learn more about that next session, but that is where we'll end with Nikki and Callum inside face to face with, uh, with Edgar Bennett and an old foe with Gwen and Freddie hiding out underneath the, uh, underneath the ship and with, uh, with Elvis and Walter figuring out what they're going to do with their new ship. Uh, <laughs> Buddy cop comedy. Buddy cop time, yeah. <laughs> Buddy piracy I'm, movie. I'm convinced, I'm convinced the theory was sound. You know, if Caleb didn't have a history, you know, we yeah. could have gotten. Sure. That's true. Oh, I blame me. Yes. <laughs> so, like I told you, Elvis is not a gambler. So, I mean, he goes for the sure thing. And he thought, this is a gamble that uh, he's not willing to make with his life. So, definitely I'll just fair. shoot the bug on the face next time. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sure we'll get out, Ficky. Oh, goodness. oh, this is going to be needed for Plan C, which was New Kid Off of Space. All right, let's uh, we'll close it down for this week. We'll be back again same time next week with more Orbital Blues. Why don't we do a couple of closing roundtable? Uh, Mark, where can they we find you on the interwebs? <laughs> what, what else do you do? Uh, yeah, so I'm Mark, uh, the Cthulhu Kid, on Twitter with appropriate underscores. Um, I'm one of the GMs over at TTRP Theater. Um, you can get loads of games over there, mostly horror. Um, yeah, I can't be asked listen it all out, so in the chat. Uh, Jeff, put up. Thank you very much. Had a you're great welcome. time, by the way. Yeah. Thanks for joining. Uh, us. And if you're and if you're watching this later on YouTube or VOD or whatever, check the check the show notes. You'll get you'll get links for everyone's stuff. Yeah, go follow uh, TTRP Theater, TTRP underscore Theater on Twitch. Uh, Aaron, uh, what's going on on Garblag? 
Let's see on Garblank, uh, starting on Monday, Ben is going to be running some City of Mists at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. On Tuesday, I believe they'll be back for Coriolis uh, with Millie running Coriolis. Wednesday should be the season finale of season three of Once Upon a Time in the Old World, our Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 4th Edition, where uh, we are... Uh, you know, uh, probably all going to die, but that's, that's Warhammer for you. And that's, that's kind of what we're used to Thursday. I believe we'll be back with Lewis running the one ring at 1 PM. And then Thursday night at 7 PM Pacific standard time, we'll be back for some Octoon Cthulhu, I believe where we will also probably all die, uh, because that's what we do. And then, then Friday, uh, 1 PM Pacific standard time. Um, You'll get to see Jeff in our Blades in the Dark game as they uh, move into some entanglements and some downtime after a interesting approach to their last score. Mm-hmm. That's where that's we will life. probably also all die at some. Probably point. also all die. Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, next. Uh, oh, next Saturday is you're you're running a city of miss game. Okay. Is that is that right, Mark? Yeah, every second Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Uh, perfect. So the next I do it before this. So oh. if I'm extra tired then that's why. Yeah. You get a double header. I Melissa and I will be coming from a double header uh then as well. Uh yeah, you're used to it. You're both in, it's, it's crazy it hurts. what you do. Steven and I have a double header today. Is this is yeah, this is yeah. round one? We have round two in like an hour and a half. Uh let's see. I'm not so running though, I'm just causing chaos. I know. So I'm running both of them me. today. I don't Love so many games, so little time. So yeah, Stephen and I, in about an hour and forty-five minutes, over in Grim and Perilous Plays, we're playing Heart, the City Beneath. Uh, possible end episode could be penultimate, could be the last episode. Not sure yet, so come check that out. Uh, you can I'll also give you a complication. <laughs> yes, please do. Uh, so I can, <laughs> I can just rip murder. Uh, I I just murder someone and just yeah that'd be great. Uh and then uh Monday we'll be back doing holler for Savage Worlds. Uh and then holler. Tuesday, Steven, what's going on on Tuesday? Tuesday, Haunted West on Adventures in Lollygagging, 9 p.m. Central. Uh Weird West Horror uh by Darker Hue Studios. It's been a lot of fun. Uh we're about halfway through this arc. Uh, we we got a little bit left and we're wrapping it up. Uh hopefully I'll get a kill by the end. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. And next Friday, we'll be back for more Mothership Gradient Descent. So lots of stuff. Uh, you probably forgot everything we just said, uh, but go follow everybody. Go go watch everybody's stuff. It's a lot of fun. We're going to go ahead and raid uh, Boys from the Baltic Star. We've been raiding them lately because I know they play. They also sometimes play Orbital Blues. So we're going to go ahead and raid them. Follow the raid. Thank you if you're watching this later on VOD or listening to this on podcast. And we'll see you next time. So bye-bye. <laughs>